0: Hey guys, you here? Today we're going to talk about Growing With Fishes Growing With Fishes Hey, hey everybody, welcome to Growing With Fishes, episode 311 We have uh, one of our old co-hosts back with us today and a good friend of mine um, Mr. Green Jeans, come to us all the way from the West Coast. Thanks for joining us. Hey, what's up, everybody? Great <laughs> to be here. Oh, yeah. Always fun. Um, for those of you that don't know him, uh, he invented a whole bunch of different uh, uh, strains and stuff like that, especially back in the late 70s and early 80s. And uh, we're super stoked to have him back with us today. Um, if you guys are new to the channel, be sure to hop over to... Um, uh apmjclass.com uh, we do have an aquaponic cannabis class marty and i put together online um you can check it out we have a, a huge range of different topics that we cover in the course and um, you're not going to find anything even at the university level that comes even close to the amount of content that we have in this class so definitely go ahead and check that out and we also have pestclass.com as well so you can check out the pest class we have a, again uh, a huge in depth um, aquaponic and living soil pest cl- uh, control course as well. Uh, you can check that out at thepestclass.com. All righty. Um, uh, thanks everybody for joining us today. Also, don't forget, uh, we have our Wednesday show, Dat Smoke Show, uh, every Wednesday on the YouTube channel, Dat Smoke Show. I will be working this weekend to get that up on the podcast platforms. Uh, I know it's been kind of dragging my feet on that, but uh, I will have some time this week. So, uh, thanks a lot for joining us, Mr. Green Jeans. Um, do you want to introduce yourself to everybody? It's been quite a while since you've been on the show. I think almost 100 episodes or so since you've been on. and It's been quite a while, so uh, <laughs> stoked to have you back. Yeah, thanks.
1: <clears throat> it doesn't seem like that long to me. I mean, I'm, I've am i been around here for a while. No, I mean, uh, it does. I, I, I know I should have been here a while ago. But I guess, yeah, we already go a little ways back anyway. Uh, yeah, I mean... <laughs> yeah, it's a great, uh, The you know, be, meeting you guys and uh, getting involved with your show really, you know, totally re-energized me. I mean, because I've always been, you know, uh, kind of, I never, the cannabis genetics and stuff has never really been, you know, a business for me. Everything's never really been, uh, been a profitable thing. I guess you could say I've been a hobbyist, but, you know, yeah, since the mid-70s. I've still got genetics, of course, going back to that. So I guess I'm a little bit more than a maybe a little bit more serious than a, a hobbyist. But as far as making a living uh, by, you know, I haven't really haven't done that uh, too much. But that's because probably I had a lot of other ways and a lot of other things that I was fooling around with or doing at the same time. But yeah, meeting you guys, getting back involved. there you? you you're the ones that really turned me on to the idea of using uh, uh, cannabis as a medicine, and I know that's really seems <laughs> really funny that I would be so far, you know, far behind the, the curve. I guess this goes back about six years now, right? Five, five, six years ago. But yeah, the, that uh, up until that time, I was, you know, pretty much uh, thinking only of uh, cannabis use as a recreational thing. You know, like a lot of guys, I guess my age. But you know, then you 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 all showed me that any use, uh, all cannabis use is is, is medicinal use. And <laughs> There's really no such thing as using it any any other way. And yeah, so that really turned my head around. Uh, I started making, uh, concentrating on making medicine. I ended up getting that press, which was really cool. It's very fat. That's really cool. You know, it's sitting right over here, and uh, being able to uh, lie. You know, press. Uh, I haven't. I've never done the 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 hash route uh, because flour rosin is fantastic, and uh, it's also really great to eat. And that turned out to be, um, you know, uh, uh, that 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 was a really good uh, uh, move to get the this thing. And then I ended up uh, sending some medicine to a uh, friend of mine who was, you know, had uh, terminal cancer, and he ended up coming out and staying with me for last couple of months and that was really fantastic you know that was a great experience that would have never happened to me if i, <laughs> if I didn't met you guys and you had to turn me on to this whole medicinal curve of things which has been really fun um, except for <laughs> except for that you know he didn't he didn't end up surviving uh so i guess we kind of lost that fight i was kind of pissed off about that but you now what can you do um <clears throat> But uh-huh. I think yeah, it definitely increased his quality, the quality of life for the last couple of months, possibly extended a few months, you know, maybe. Uh, oh, because we were, uh, it turns out that the rosin, uh, flour rosin, when you press it at low temp, uh, you can eat quite a bit of it. You can dose very high. It makes a really, really good, um, you know, it's a very good, maybe an alternative to uh, RS, RSO and that kind of stuff. Uh, which he, he uh, my friend, was also getting when he came out here to California. And the RSO products, those are pretty good, but the but the straight flower rosin was, was I think, very effective. You can, uh, like I said, you can dose really high on it. You need a lot of it. And uh, if it's low temp and you don't get super stoned, you know, which I, uh, which maybe you don't want. I guess if you did, if you're looking for the, <laughs> the effects of it, you can, you can always cook it, you can always uh, heat it and put it on a cookie or something like that. Yeah, nobody ever talks about eating flour rosin, but uh, I mean, I I haven't heard many people doing it, but I definitely recommend it (laughs) if anyone has uh, access to a press and, you know, some good flour, press that stuff and eat it. Oh, not that it's good, not good for smoking, it's great for, uh, you know, you know, taking in all different kinds of ways, but eating it so really. So yeah, thanks to thanks to my my relationship with Steve and Potomics and turning me towards the medicine. But that was also you know, very energizing, very uh really gave me a lot of uh you know impetus to keep going and to keep uh, working on stuff. And so recent more recently I started a big grow of seed, well, for me, a big grow of seeds. I think I started a little over a hundred a couple of different varieties, some from you, from various places. and uh, also stuff that I was worried about my my own genetics that I knew I had to plant before, you know before they were, went bad. And uh, that was that's pretty exciting. That's still ongoing. We're still, uh, you know, getting ready to test. Already tested a couple of them. Going to test a couple more soon. Uh, that's a brutal job. <laughs> can be. You have nine. You know, it's not too bad if you you only have two or three or four plants of one kind of, uh, you know, one one thing. But if you have nine or ten and they're all pretty good, it can be tough hard to say you know
0: deciding look at different we had somebody and we had some yeah. well i guess well yeah. i guess before we get to the chat question um sure. what what strains did you start breeding with when you started breeding um when i when i first uh, you
1: know when i first started uh let's see i saved seeds right from the beginning um But I lost those. So the very, you know, my grandmother kind of got me into into, uh, seed saving and stuff with with, uh, vegetables. And so I'd already kind of been led into that. And the first time I grew cannabis, I was 11 or 12 years old. My grandmother helped me, like 11. And I saved seeds from that. And I saved seeds from a couple of years later when I grew it. Uh, But in those days, we were, uh, the the genetics I was getting were were probably Colombian. I think it was, uh, you know, it was, I'm pretty sure it was Colombian. And a lot of that stuff didn't finish. It didn't finish, you know, didn't get, uh, I I was living in Massachusetts. Um, And I didn't actually manage to save seeds from those earliest times. I didn't really get going until sometime in the um so I checked with my teacher back in New York City and it turns out he was living on 6th Street when I got the seeds for cherry bomb would have been in 1976 right and so I we I confirmed that with him a couple of months ago when I was there uh so the cherry bomb was uh seeds from uh Maui waui like a Hawaiian uh strain and uh and I didn't you know I didn't breed that I basically just seed saved that but around the same time or maybe a year or two later was when we started getting the um, indica genetics in New York City specifically the um, musicians were getting it in uh, they were getting in flower form so before that we were getting we would have gotten indica genetics but it would have been in hash right we would have gotten hashish but around sometime, maybe 76, 77, 78, we started getting flower form. And all of a sudden, uh, the price, of, which had previously for an ounce had been, you know, say 90 to 120 for good quality. All of a sudden, this this indica flower jumped up, was available for 390 450 an ounce, you know. And uh that was like, oh my God, it's so expensive. But you know, it was the, it was the, it was the very first of the skunk, you know, hardcore hashed Indica hash weed, uh, but in flower form that, you know, we'd ever seen or and so occasionally seeds would come up. I had a couple of friends in the music business and um, you know, people saved seeds for me, got a hold of. Various different uh, strains. one and and when I ended up creating uh, a strain called triple X, which was a necessity because I had the female, most of the genetics, most of the indica genetics back in those days, if you got a hold of a seed, it was only that one seed and all the flower, the flower was sent a man, but there were gigantic, hard, you know, dense indica nugs, large size. Um, And they hardly, you know, they wouldn't have a seed in it, but if there was a seed, it was now, I realized in retrospect, or I figured out years later, that the seed was, you know, most likely either self-pollinated or pollinated by a male flower from, on a female plant, hermaphrodite flower. So a lot of those seeds produced, I don't think I ever got a male uh, from any of those indica kind of seeds that came in the flowers occasionally. I don't think I ever got a male plant but anyway this one really nice one this great uh, hashweed plant that I had I uh, nothing to cross it with and at the time I happened to have a clone of a wonderful uh, plant from Jamaica that a friend of mine had brought back in a plastic bag in his uh, in his um, underwear so he had he grabbed it that afternoon and he knew that uh, I could, you know, root it. He stuck it in a plastic bag with some water, put it in his, in his pants, and and I smuggled it back to New York City. I rooted it, uh, grew up to be a beautiful male plant, <laughs> you know. And the guys, the 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 Ross, the guys that he had gotten the clone from, had told him that it was called Jamaican lamb's breath, which I recently found out. Uh, from another uh, older Rastafarian uh, cannabis grower from Jamaica that Jamaican lamb's breath is not a strain of cannabis but it's a way of growing it it's a way of regenerating it's when you have a plant that you regenerate the next year and uh, you know flower it again and I guess it has a real green uh, smell or taste to it or something like that so that's why they call it Jamaican lamb's breath um, and, uh, what was I going to say about that, uh, uh, oh, yeah, so I crossed, that was the male plant I had, uh, he didn't have any, uh, he didn't have any, uh, anything related to him, I had the, the, uh, the indica hashweed female over here, so they had to be crossed together and that turned into this one you know fantastic strain that i used for years called triple x and then i suppose another strain that i created lady late, starting later in the mid late 90s maybe into the early 2000s i massaged uh, white widow into a strain that i call white wizard and uh and that's about it i mean i've i've as far as actual, if you call a real strain something that's been inbred uh, six or seven generations, then and then those are the only ones I've really made, I guess. Started on quite a few others, maybe either not finished them or lost them at some point.
0: Got a a question from chat. Can you yes. explain the history of Cherry Bomb?
1: Cherry Bomb, yeah. Well, that that's what I just seed saved it myself. Like I said, it I didn't. Uh, I didn't cross anything into it or cross anything out of it. It's exactly from the original seven seeds that I got uh, from my teacher, my Kung Fu teacher in New York city from, uh, from, a, um, I think it was a, about a pound bag There were like there were six, seven, I think maybe original seeds in it. It was Maui Waui. It was from Hawaii and uh and I, there was a little bit of variation in the beginning. Uh, I'm pretty sure it had been recently crossed with some kind of indica. And I was more uh, drawn to the sativa side of things, which was more, uh, it was sort of, uh, one of the plants was, you know, decidedly had a really strong cherry, like basically like a cherry lifesaver in that first uh, generation. A lot of red coloring on the stems. And um, you know, really, really delicious. Uh, a lot of the aftertaste, um, kind of. So I ended up steering the strain in that direction. It was the first, because um, it was around, around that around the same time that we we're getting a lot more. We we're also getting these the indica plants, and so this the the the. The difference of the the cherry bomb was decidedly, you know, the at least the especially the part of it I liked was the more, what we would now call more sativa, sort of type characteristics, of it, and uh, you yeah, know, I think it was just <laughs> this is a natural thing to just uh, you, you like variation, you know, you already had these other kind of strong indica strains over here, and then here comes this really fruity. You know sativa or whatever and you just <laughs> you naturally get uh drawn to the to the variations so that's pretty much the history of it of uh, the, uh, the i bred, i kept it i inbred it or i am not exactly sure by the time i started trying to distribute it and uh you know get it out uh, i realized that i you know i had to do something with it i had to uh you know i had to uh uh distributed it to make sure that you know at, at a certain point you realize you know you can't keep all your eggs in one basket and you've done all this this work you know uh saving the thing and maybe even steer, steering uh the genetics in some direction and you realize it's a big responsibility and uh and i had these other strains that i wanted to work on too and cherry bomb was already down a good 12 or 13 generations of uh, Straight inbreeding, which is kind of cool because a lot of people think that automatically you're going to have, uh, you know, um, uh, inbreeding depression and stuff like that. And I guess cherry bomb kind of shows that it, it, it's not that it's not a thing because I might have, I might have uh, gotten into some. In fact, I definitely introduced uh, some degree of in inbreeding depression with triple X. I wasn't as smart with that I didn't know what I was doing and with cherry bomb I was much more uh, I I worked uh, early on I worked towards uh, getting more not exactly open pollinated but uh, non-select you know not not uh, not using only one using a number of females using a number of males you know percentage Um,
0: uh, I think that's that really helps what what traits were you breeding for early on
1: well i think i just that's what i said i just kind of looked at what it what it was and what i and like I, you know to me it was this uh this this very fruity uh you know sweet sativa with these well you know the uh, you know uh, i i in those days i didn't really think much about the the uh the traits of the the effects of it and stuff like that but years later uh when i sent uh genetics up to a um a collective up in oregon they might have been maybe i don't know if they're friends of clax or or not maybe he could tell me but um and uh they were there were med- medical guys and they, they wanted to use and they they Told me that they liked cherry bomb a lot because uh, they said it had a high ceiling. You could uh, you could you could consume a lot of it, and you wouldn't necessarily uh, pass out. You know, it wasn't it wasn't like a, because and I attribute that to it being more. I suppose that's more of a sativa trait. You know, it's a very uh, probably. It's not exactly a, a real. St- Heavy stimulating uh, sativa. As a matter of fact, I think cherry bomb has some uh, definite pain killing effects. It it uh, often makes you feel like you're kind of walking on pillows or something like that. Like there's some kind of um you know soft uh, you know. So there 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 might be some kind of analgesic effect there or whatever. You know, I've never really I I, I don't really uh, you know haven't done a lot of uh, you know, actual tests on, but you can definitely, when, especially when you start pressing flower rosin, you know, you can really tell and it's huge differences, especially if you make a topical, if you make some kind of a topical, uh, um, you know, some kind, some strains are much more uh, topically, uh, you know, practically make your, you, can, you rub it on your hand, it feels almost numb, you know. There's like a really... Uh, and other ones, you know, only is more mildly. So I have no idea what these chemicals are, you know, I suppose we're starting to zero in on these things in the science and all that, but for sure you can just, (laughs) you can just take cannabis resin and and rub it on your skin and, (laughs) (laughs) and you can feel the one being different than the other. They all, many different strains have different effects. Sure.
0: Oh, yeah. Shout out, uh, shout out, Mister Green for the austin awesome jars. Hopefully, uh, get him on the uh, Wednesday show here soon. Remember, Mister Green oh, back in the early 2000s used to paint himself green. Oh yes, yes, yeah, yeah. He was on the show a while back. <laughs> nice. A friend of the show. He came out. Shout out to him as well. Uh, he came out to um, the main conference, the Regen conference, and he's got some books out too. Check him out uh, as well. I grow chronic. Um uh so what are some of the other different um traits that you're looking for in terms of early on with males and females because i'm sure they're a lot different than today
1: yeah definitely um yeah, that, i think or um back in the day uh breeding was uh a little trickier like i said i i probably made some wrong some wrong turns with some strains like triple x and maybe got a little bit luckier with uh with the cherry bomb, the cherry bomb was, you know, already, yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, it, I think in in many ways, it's gotten a lot easier to breed because most of the stuff you're going to come across, most of the genetics you're going to come across, have quite a few uh, generations of good plants behind them. You know what I mean? But if you if you back in the, in those days, if you had just recently crossed uh, a couple of completely unrelated strains. Uh, you know, you uh, probably w- we're going to see a lot of uh, you know kind of funny stuff in the first few generations, and also very obvious, uh, very you know variation. Like um, if you have one, if the indica side, for example, is tons of THC and the sativa one is low on THC, then in the next couple of generations, you're going to see big breakdown there. And those are going to be easy to choose, you know, if you're, you're going to easily gravitate towards the ones that are stronger and stuff like that. But nowadays, you know, you can cross a couple things and almost everything's going to be pretty high in THC. And it's like, wow, you know, how do I, uh, how do I make the decisions? And, and I really think that, that, that the the art there is looking at a lot of different traits. It's really easy to get sidetracked or focused on one thing, those are kind of the mistakes I probably made earlier on was not looking as much at looking more at only a few traits and not not really looking at the whole plant and that that, that you know takes a long uh you know each even each time, not just you know you should get, give a lot of the plants a lot of different times of smelling them too, you know. Going up to them, you know, one hand, <laughs> rub this plant, one hand, rub that plant, you know, compare them and and do that on a lot of different occasions, you know. Um, you know, yeah, that's that that's the thing is just look at it, look at it, consider a lot of a lot of traits. Try to try to look at every plant and see and smell and observe a lot of different things. Especially, like I said, nowadays, since we have, since we can make these crosses where there's probably a lot of good genetics in the back in the recent, you know, generations, meaning that, you know, you if you do a big grow out and you have, you know, even if you have 20 sisters and they're all really good, you know, good luck to you. Um, well, I'm just saying it's not going to be an easy session and you're going to be have to consider a lot of things you know to decide they're not going to be standout plants so much you know and you might end up uh you know but get a group of people together you know a few two or three four people and most most people you'd be surprised even with plants that are fairly seem to be ranked really close to each other seem to be very similar there's usually a fair amount of agreement and that's not even considering the traits you might have noticed while growing, of course, like looking at, wow, these three over these three are much bigger, you know, and they have much, much more uh, yield or uh, finished quicker to, you know, started sooner, finished quicker. All those things might be worth uh something to you. They might not be, you know, fast finishing, that's that's a commercial thing, you know if you're connoisseur grower you don't care another another week you know extra time doesn't matter it's it's worth it
0: that's the kind of stuff when you're you're not doing a a commercial grow it's it's perfectly fine to take two or three extra weeks but uh
1: exactly or
0: you can maybe maybe get away with an extra week but much more than that you're uh yes you're pushing it totally i i think it was i think it was
1: soma that said somebody asked uh soma when when is the perfect time to 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 harvest and he was like when it looks perfect give it another week <laughs> and i was like that's great <laughs> it's just i don't know <laughs> you know and, and it's also kind of uh you know in that and that you've done such a great job. The plant's so happy that it's gonna be happy for another week. And that's another thing is that cannabis gets a lot harder to care for towards, uh, you know, during flowering and past. Like Marty said, I was saying, is it like it's like tomatoes, isn't it? And Marty said, well, it's easier. It's maybe easier than tomatoes in the beginning and maybe a little harder than tomatoes towards the end.
2: <laughs>
1: and I thought that was a good observation because you know, taking a cannabis plant uh, gracefully into advanced flowering senescence, you know, and really, but still having it be, you know, in good shape and, and not, no problems. That's, you know, that takes, that's, that's the connoisseur, that's connoisseur skills. <laughs> and it's worth it, you know, it's like if you, especially if it's the genetics, that's why I said it's like commercially, you want something that's going to finish fast it matters a lot to you you've got a certain amount of square feet and whatnot but if you're if you're the home grower you go for the longer flowering thing you know <laughs> taste better get the leaves are going to get yellow and lose all their chlorophyll
0: yummy Mwah so what uh what traits do you look for in males oh yeah man
1: selecting males i mean god you know uh i I think there's a couple of rules there i mean i think that one thing is it's really good to choose if you can choose a male from a strain so it's got you know it's from an actual inbred strain, which is you know hard to find. The only reason for that is because it's going to be easier to sort out traits in subsequent generations. It kind of doesn't even matter what that what the strain is, you know, as long as it's uh, just so. So a male from a strain is a great idea. Um, the other thing is to look at the sisters. This is one of the best reasons to have a fairly large grow is to be able to judge the males by their sisters, which usually, unless you've done any funny, tricky breeding schemes, backcrossing or weird stuff like that, usually the males and females will sort out into kind of groups that are similar so you could say well these guys are like these girls here and then by looking at the number that number of girls and you say out of the 12 girls I really like these four so you can probably assume that out of 12 males there's going to be three or four that are going to be the good ones right you know what I mean in other words you can kind of Uh, you can kind of guess at your numbers by uh, looking at the numbers of females. So if you have uh, three quarters of them, if eight eight out of 12 of the females are exactly what you're looking for, then probably a lot of the males are also exactly what you're looking for. But if it's only a few of the females that have those right traits, and then you can, so you can pair the males up and you can look at the female and you can say, well, wow, she has, you know, long petioles and nice big leaves like this and kind of short internodes. And there's a male that looks like that and has the same kind of color of the leaves. And, you know, you can't tell all these other things. I mean, of course you can smell, Of you know, <laughs> absolutely highly recommend getting in there and rubbing the stem of the male. And I'm just saying I'm assuming, you know, you already knew you already did that. Um, other things that you can look at. I think it's really important, like I said, to pair them up with the sisters to figure out to figure out how many of them you're looking for. And if you're only if there's 12 males and indications from the sisters is that you really only want three of those males, then that's you know, you could be careful because you're only you're looking for only one out of four of them you know you're only looking for a quarter but then I would add in another male anyways because males are awesome (laughs) because males um the I have this theory that that uh they vary more there's more variation with the males. so a lot of times it's very common for the best plant and the grow to be a male which sucks because then it's hard to figure out which, you know, <laughs> hard to figure him out because he's a male, but a, it is common. I swear to, you know, that's where it's like, um, and, and I think the reason why is because the males, males often have extreme traits. A lot of times the wimpiest, the little scrawny one, something like that is a male. A lot of the outliers, you know, you'll find out with uh, the, the males, the weird one. Uh, that's a strange one. And uh, so sometimes I throw those in, <laughs> especially if it looks like there's a lot of uh, su- suitable females. If it's a good 50% of the females are good and they're like pretty much exactly what you're looking for, then throw in a weird male, you know, <laughs> for good <Yeah>. luck, <laughs> for sure. Uh, yeah, so that's that's how you choose males. Eeny, meeny, miny, mo get lucky and of course you know the big sorry the big the big healthy ones you know all the male all the males that are that are uh vigorous you know obviously
0: you know <clears throat> big and
1: strong sorry what are you
0: gonna say i was gonna say which which traits are you looking for specifically in the males
1: well the, the, the i think those that like i said the ones that one trying to match them with their with their sisters you know a lot of a lot of structural things that you can see and l- later on, when the sisters start to show uh, traits with their terpenes and you start to smell their resin and everything like that, a lot of times the males that that match those ones structurally that you like, the females that you like, those males uh, probably will have, you know, that have the similar structure traits kind of. So you can sort this is why I'm saying to be able to sort them in these in these groups. That's why it's good to have a big a big grow. looking at the females. And then you know, and maybe it's my imagination, but sometimes it seems to me like later on in more advanced flowering, that that's when you can smell those smells on the males that you you have this female over here that you think is kind of his counterpart. You feel like these two are kind of similar. And, you know, when you go and you rub the stem on that male and you can, you know, you're like, oh, yeah, it kind of does smell like that female. So you can even you can even match, uh, you know, males do have very faint smell, you know, a little bit. There's a little bit of terpenes going on there and some of them can be strong
0: the trikes on males just take a lot longer to finish so like yes they'll flower out and then be done flowering and then the trikes will start to mature so you know add add a few weeks onto when they flower and that's when you actually see the actual traits exactly you can absolutely
1: smell uh, males more when they really get going when they're when they're really in flowering and this is another reason not to have you know pollen fear and all that (laughs) it's no big deal um you know, uh, pollen doesn't just blow around in the air, you know, it's uh, especially when it uh, first comes off of the flowers. It's pretty heavy, it's uh, wet, you know, and it sinks. It, if there's, unless there's a fan, unless there's blowing, you know, uh, the pollen just drops to the ground, you know. Uh, I've had many times with plants uh, directly in front of right next to the females. Uh, as long as there's no actual fan blowing on them, it's, you know, they're not, they're not even, none of the pollen's even going to make it, you know, it's just going to drop right on the ground. Um, so, you know, the whole, the whole fear, general fear of pollen, you know, that's kind of overrated, it's overrated, you don't have to, don't have to really freak out. <laughs> you can handle it. Well, Dude, um... people are, sorry, yeah. What, what, what,
0: traits, what traits are you currently breeding <clears throat> I know yeah, you're working a whole bunch of projects right now what are you currently trying to hunt down yeah messing around
1: with that i'm still fooling around with that uh blackberry kush i i grew out a bunch of double back crossed ones i think i got about six females i only got one male i guess i was really lucky um and those that was I think the last batch uh the I don't I couldn't I think I tried all my seats, so this is kind of a last ditch attempt. but I'm planning to cross the brother and sister of those. so those are double back crossed I call them they're they uh I way I write on the you know the way they're marked is seven eight seven eight black uh, bK blackberry Cush, meaning you know seven eighths in in uh. <laughs> fractions. I don't know why I do that, but um, that's the way I, I've always written written that shit. But yeah, that those I smell and wow, they're incredible. Uh, it's a really nice hard hardcore indica. I also made this uh uh other one uh, crossed. I used a male uh which I I I, I used a male single back crossed blackberry cush crossed in with a clone of master cush which we had which was around here in Los Angeles. This is getting back and I think that clone is at least 15 years old by now. And just just a really nice indica commercial indica. Very you know high yielding, fast finishing, just you know vigorous, not a hot house flower. Just a really perfect plant. And even if you give it, a, a, you know, if you can keep it happy long enough, the the leaves will even uh, get a little bit yellow, which I think is pretty cool. A lot of indicas just finish so fast that their, you know, leaves are still dark green. And uh, so this ma- the master Kush is just this great commercial indica clone. I just kept it around because it was just like, wow, that's pretty good, you know but over the years i have tried crossing it with different males and a lot of stuff didn't really work out uh that well uh but then uh this this uh the, the single back crossed, uh blackberry kush male that made it that made a really nice cross that is a, that's, that's a really good uh indica um and uh i named it after my friend you came to the you came to his restaurant koji uh the the Izakaya place. Uh, I named it a uh, Koji's Kush because he liked it so much. Yeah, you know, it's nice. It's a heavy indica and it's like poo, you know. Um so but, but I'm yeah I mean I'm not used I'm I, for years I've sort of ignored indicas, which is really funny. I mean I you know I don't know why. Uh it's not like I don't like it, you know, indicas I do <laughs> I love them. I just was I don't I was just on a sativa kick there for a while. You tried you 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 had some of the 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 uh, the uh, uh, rosin from that the Oreo, huh? That whew, boy, yeah, oh boy, really good, fantastic, it's incredible uh, sativa, really bracing. You know, like a couple cups of espresso or something like that. People that people that don't believe that you know the, that there's such a difference in the effects. You're like oh yeah, try this. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah, traits. Yeah, it's a cool. Um, what recently? Well, and I started the seeds from you. I've got those two um, uh, Jamaican uh, blue, so it's Jamaican blue mountain x Orange Hill. Those both look pretty nice. Uh, one of them smells a little bit nicer than the other. Uh, and then I've got the three, is it three Durbins? And uh, I didn't keep the male. I didn't keep the male. He was definitely very hothouse flower. I kicked him out. Well,
0: good good Durbans <laughs> always smell like a fresh tire fire. Oh
1: boy, that's a, uh, man. You know, and uh, one of the, actually one of the, um, one of the Blue Mountain uh, ex-Orange Hills smells pretty dangerous too it's not exactly a tire fire smell but it's a
0: very uh accurate someone's doing of burnouts in front or a street over <laughs> yeah
2: yeah
0: <laughs> it's kind of yeah. a
1: threatening smell you know it's funny because we're used to all the we're used to lately especially a lot of popular uh dispensary like the Kenny Indica, maybe it's just the California thing. I don't know, but the very fruity, the sort of berry type in berry indicas, you know, that are very sweet and, and nice and they're strong and everything, but they're very, you know, and then you smell something like that and it's like, ooh.
0: Oklahoma is all so lemonine right now. I, I mean, really? I find in dispensaries is, is lemonine huh. and sativa is because it's it's powdery mildew resistant and these people don't know how to grow oh. in the humidity out here
1: ah so, that's right but we had
0: really good luck with the um the hash plant and with um rosetta stone and with the durbans and a hash a blue hash crosses um oh, uh, no all smelled and came out great that were more of that entire fire terpene profile wow i still have uh
1: i have uh your the blue hash uh, number one so that blue hash be... is
0: so good as far as a bread Excellent. and butter like does really Excellent. good in a wide variety of, of climates, does really well in, you know, you know, high humidity, low humidity, high winds, low winds. It's yes, it's a good all-around plant. You know, it's just tough. produces and large trichome diameter, so it's good for for washing. So just just a good all-around plant. It's
1: badass. It has uh, it has a smell in there and it reminds me uh, of a white wizard. I don't have the right mail right now. I'm not I don't like the mail I've been using. I'm looking for another. And if I can find the right uh male white wizard, that's what I'm gonna use. I'm gonna make I'm gonna cross it with that blue hash plant. I think that's gonna be really nice. <laughs> that's what I'm waiting for him for her. Uh yeah, that that's fantastic genetics. Dude, what else? I have all kinds of stuff from you. I just can't think of it right now.
0: Um those Shirley Temple crosses are really yes. good for one to ones. Shirley Shirley Temple, what a great what a great plant, and uh, yeah. And then you tell it so you cross everything with your BSBB. Um, it's one of your fajoa Kush, which is one of your like major ones you use in your breeding. Do you want to tell everybody about that? Maybe explain that to people.
1: Yep. Um, let's see the the BSBB is. Uh, that is exactly right. It's the Fajoa uh, Fajoa Kush crossed with the B S side is blue uh, Blue Dream x Island Sweet Skunk, um, and the Blue Dream clone it was I'm pretty sure the Santa Cruz clone, which was a really good, uh, really uh, excellent breeding clone. So the BSBB was that was a uh, four was a sort of a two way uh, double hybrid so the bb uh, of the it's it's ha- that's the uh feijoa kush <laughs> which is got that's the blackberry kush but that also has um uh, blizz which is my that that's the blue dream white wizard with a little bit of jack Herrera in there too so this one uh, that you know that's a uh, and that that male has some of the stuff I'm growing seeds I've been growing out now are from that BSBB male, and uh, that's some fantastic stuff. Uh, yeah,
0: now that got, way back Jack that you have is killer.
1: Yeah. Yes. That, well, that the 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 BSBB also crossed with the um, with the Quirk. Uh, what I have uh, QX, which was, which was quirkle crossed with triple x and uh some of those man i i grew at about let's see i grew at about nine or ten of the females of those and about two or three of them let's see the one five and the eight or whatever they are fantastic <laughs> those are going to be really good and they're giant they're big um you know they're big uh very aggressive growing is real uh you know a hybrid real sativa indica you know really blended the blizz is was really uh uh fantastic uh you know uh really starting to get to the fusion of the the characteristics of indicas and sativa's a lot of times you see you know things even still even nowadays you see sort of extreme traits kind of sorted out whereas i've always admired that that you know really um it's sort of intricate blending of traits. I think the first time I saw that was probably, you know, a White Widow or something like that. Maybe in the net, during the 90s or whatever. Saw plants like that with really, uh, really elegant blending of the traits, Indicas and Sativas. And now we have, you know, we're starting to get quite a few wonderful hybrids. I think, you know, I think the future of genetics is, is very bright. I've I've said this before. I I don't think we're like breeding ourselves into the corner or I don't or any of that shit. <laughs> you know, but I mean, mixing the colors together doesn't automatically make brown, you know what I mean? It's not it's not like we're losing uh, stuff. As a matter of fact, I think we're gaining, you know. I, I've seen stuff I've said this before too. I've seen stuff pop right up, you know, out of uh, you know and I, you always going to be at LA, you know on the lookout for the possibility that something is a rogue pollination but i've seen stuff really like see apparently appear where you're like wow you know <laughs> how did that you know where did that come from
0: <laughs> oh yeah i got some australian bastard cannabis crosses that are f2s that are far enough along to show the trait that I definitely am looking forward to popping. Um, shout out uh, Happy Tree Farms, um, or Happy Tree Seeds. Happy Tree Seeds, um, great dude over there. Uh, um, met him out at um, what was it? The Regen Conference in Humboldt. It took me a minute to remember which region Conference. <laughs> um, oh, that's really yeah. cool that you, uh, uh, about the BSBB though. I know it's definitely one of your favorite ones. So why is it your favorite one or one of your favorite ones to cross with a lot of the other stuff? Because you seem seems to be one of your favorites.
1: That's true. That's true. It's just that I found, I just figured out that, that that male I noticed that that male was working really good. And uh, I, I could tell <clears throat> every now and then you run along, uh, you find a plant. It's more common to find a, a female plant that everything you cross it with turns out Uh, To have all those traits that you like about that female, you know what I mean? Like I have that old Jack Herrera clone that everything you cross, any male you put into her, you're going to get stuff, you know, that that you're going to get all her traits that you like about her. So when you find a male plant like that, it's it's really cool. And the BSBB, one of the things I really like it is the S, which is the Island Sweet Skunk. Or the Sweet Island skunk, which is just this wonderful. That was done by, you um, know, uh, BC. Um, I know Steve. I know you said you liked it before too. Uh, it's just incredible. Um, what it is was was like the old time haze, like uh, the Island Sweet skunk. It was, uh, you know, this amazing. Uh, oh, very, yeah. You know the sweet, the sweet funky when you smoke it
0: has a a caramel aftertaste to it and in fact i just had a conversation about this with jordan who was on the show yesterday but him and i were hanging out last week and i told him i said this is the first strain i've tasted that tastes like the old sweet skunk we used to grow that has that kind of caramel like sugary aftertaste to oh, it, almost so, like a so yeah. it Literally, tastes like like a like a hot caramel, like a, yes. a creme brulee caramel, like something that's been like toasted, kind of thing. Yes, like, without a, any other better explanation. Yeah, uh, the, the that's most what it cr- comes out. But that was the first plant I ever got into high times. That was like that when I finally like broke into the oh shit, like I'm growing you know decent plants, kind of kind of moment was getting that uh, island sweet skunk into high times when they yeah. featured.
1: And the 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 seeds that I got, the genetics that I got, they they uh, the, my favorite plant, uh, the one that I really liked out of the grow was not definitely not impressive looking at all. Um, you know, it had it was very kind of scruffy looking. You know, like scruffy, um, you know, visually kind of like whoa. <laughs> didn't I guess what you would say is didn't have much, probably didn't have much bag appeal. Not that I ever got it to the point where it was in a bag. Not
0: not everything does, though. I remember in Colorado, one of our best strains in terms of like just getting you wrecked was a strain called um, Candy Kush. K A N D Y, uh, Candy that uh, with a K, Um, and and just it was very. um, uh, I don't even know, but it was very fluffy, and it didn't look all that great. It looked kind of like B grade, not all that great Mm -hmm. stuff. But you smoke a bowl of that, and you are just lit. One of my
1: yeah you can't you definitely cannot uh judge a book by its cover i mean that's what that was one of the the lessons of island sweets scum but yeah i love the the to me it, it reminded me of the old with uh, like um purple haze <laughs> like that you know i felt like it was a, a true haze plant the the and i think one time i even remember you know looking and seeing the the way that you know, in the room kind of still and the way it would collect as a layer of smoke in the room and this and it was and it was you know purplish or bluish and there was literally almost a blue tinge to the to the to the <laughs> to the color of the cloud. Now I don't know if this is a real thing, but I've told this story a couple times and and other people have other old stoners and said, oh yeah man, I know exactly what you're meaning when the cloud there it's floating in the room. And it has a blue tinge to it. So anyway, that was my uh, experience. And also the smell of in the room of the Island Sweet Skunk. When you walked out of the room, if you came back in, it was this lingering in there with this, you know, beautiful, beautiful, sweet, you know, very, wow, what were you, what were you guys smoking in You (laughs) know, People would come into the room. Hey, what about me? yeah so that's that was one of my favorite things about and you know the thing about mixing traits so that's double that male double hybrid right it was a uh 50 uh the feijoa kush on the male side on the female side across between a female blue dream and a male island sweet skunk so you could say it was a double hybrid and that would be like, oh, yeah, really blending uh, just going for brown, but uh, not at all like that. Uh, the male had very much, you know, is kicking all these very focused traits. A lot of the plants coming out of him have that, you know, a lot of the stuff that I liked from the island sweet scum, which was the whole idea, <laughs> you know, and 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 really good structural traits from the blue dream. And uh, there's heavy sticky the sticky resin production from the from the uh from the feijoa kush so you you know you 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 pick things you know you pick traits to blend you can you can go on crossing like crazy it's not like you know i did i did my thing making strains back in the day and uh now now i like the idea of seed batches that have variation to them but not just like wild variation, variation within a theme, you know, and the chance, chances of finding really good plants. Wouldn't want I would never want to breed down to people, like give them the seeds that were, you know, all
0: over. <laughs> I'm gonna keep the good seeds for myself. I get you Fun some puck crosses too. So <laughs> something else. Something else I gotta make sure I put in your goodie bag here coming up.
1: Yeah, ooh, can't wait.
0: Yes. Um, we had a a question, uh, a couple. Well, I guess I'll keep going down the list here. Um, oh. um Is there any bad traits to look out for? So anything that you've associated where, man, like I can see that early on, I immediately know that that's just that not going to pan out. Mm,
1: yeah. I mean, I th- I think there is a lot of uh, there is a lot of genetics that I've noticed. Uh, that I started uh with and and I you know that I did ditch pretty early a lot of times based on it being for example what I in my opinion of being kind of like a hothouse flower like something I'm spoiled you know like uh cherry bomb if you grow anything next to cherry bomb the cherry bomb's all tough and big and you know and, and everything else is kind of so in and so if it's something that's really, you know, hard to grow, requires a lot of care, it's not a tough, it's kind of, like I said, a hothouse flower, then I, I that, um, and I definitely, if I've got a chance to, this is one of the things why you should, another good reason to grow, of to start a lot of seeds of anything, if you have, a, you know, available, is to rogue out uh, weaker plants in the beginning, you know, like that's one of the perfect times because the whole problem with cannabis, is, you know, in general is that we only can, we usually only can make selections towards the end when we can see it all flowering and stuff like that. But in, it, we can also make early selections, uh, you know, and that would be, I would consider roguing, you know, and basically I would do that based on just sort of the general health and vigor of the plants, especially if you suspect, like for example, anything that I crossed with that, that quirkle, right? The quirkle was so awesome; it was so cool. But man, I had the original clone for a while, about six months. I got rid. I was like, Jesus, I can't carry you anymore. You're too hard to take care of. And you know, besides the the cross, the that I crossed it with the triple X and the the, the 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 hybrid was way better. I mean, it was just much easier to take care of, and the the original Quirkle was. And so, in subsequent generations, of course, I was looking out for, you know, had hothouse flower kind of ones, and I was like, yeah, that's that's from your mother's side of the family, you know. <laughs> I sort of rogue out. I'd look at those seed batches. I know I'm going to plant more of them. I know that if I want, you know, thirty. I want to look at thirty females. Then I'm going to start with a hundred, you know, and with the potential of fifty, and taking out the twenty, sort of smaller, weaker ones. So that uh, definitely, that's something that uh, you know you're going to roguing is possible to do that early on, looking for plants that are that are weak. Um, Another thing is um, another thing that uh, you could definitely I don't particularly like plants that need a long day length so my my uh my vegging is never any longer than 17 hours sometimes I put it up like even just to that to accommodate some plants that seems to not want it to really ever come out of flowering so if I have something in there that it's like a you know auto flower or whatever pff, that's getting out of here forget it you know, I'm not going to, because if it if it's going to keep on flowering under 16, it's only going to get 16 hours. Hello. Some stuff wants more, you know, some stuff's like, I want a longer day length. And I'm like, well, go grow in somebody else's garden and then, geez, I can't, afford. no, it's not a matter of can't afford the, the electricity. It's not that at all. It's just that, holy shit, how long is the longest day? Uh, Sixteen hours is north of where where um, Josh lives. <laughs> you know, never even, never the day never gets that long. You know, that's unrealistic. What are you going to do, grow in Alaska? I don't know. Anyway, I think all cannabis, uh, you know, I got I got a thing against, and because I think a lot of cannabis recently has been bred by people who are running 20 hour day lengths or 20 even 24 hour gosh
0: god forbid well 24 i'm, a, I'm against 24 because I know, I know, i've seen I a should... lot of firm traits in 24 uh, um so i've seen a lot of cbd specifically with cbd lines it seems to be the that's when i started noticing the pattern was yeah, a lot yeah. of cbd cuts if you run them under 24 for veg or for clones or for seedlings they really pout, and you actually have nanners on on them under twenty four hours of veg, but you they don't stressful. have it on eighteen hours. It's
1: stressful for sure. Plants, plant, you know, the idea that plants actually grow at nighttime. If you ever look, you know, you come back in the morning, and you know, all of a sudden they're bigger and they're touching each other, like like. Of course, they did. They, they, they you know, <laughs> they grow at night. They like they love their nighttime. And that, I, yeah, what I what I say is. The more healthy they are, the faster they're growing during the day, the more photosynthesis they're doing during the day, the more they need a little rest at night. Well, if they're, they're not like doing you,
0: so. They're like humans, right? They have different hormones that are produced at night and different ones are produced during the day when we're active and when we're not active. So they, they have to have that balance and doesn't, and doesn't mean that they have to have a long night period, but they have to have a night period. <laughs> I think so.
1: I think so. Um, that's, that's, that's my opinion. and. Uh, you know, I was, I, I thought of a thing, an interesting thing, this is kind of a left field idea, but, and uh, when the, I was in the hydro store recently in this place I always go to in, here in uh, Southern California, and it was during this heat, the heat wave, and the guy's like, hey, you know, how you doing, how's the plants handling the heat, and my plants were doing pretty well, and I, and I said, well, you know, don't, Remind people to turn down the direct fans, you know, remind people not to, you know, not to put point the fans away from don't, you know, don't don't force the transpiration of the plants. And uh, he looked at me, I think he kind of, I think he kind of, he, I think he understood, did that one. And, uh, but then later on, I was thinking, uh, I realized I should have mentioned to him about CO2 that um, you know, plants plants can uh, take uh, higher temperatures and they transpire water less when the CO2 is higher. So um, I don't know if anybody's ever had any experience with this, it was just kind of an idea that I realized I was like, well, maybe in this excess heat is a good time to uh, supplement CO2. Am I out of my mind? Steve. No, no, because <laughs> heat
0: heat and extra PPMs as well are gonna of nutrients um is gonna help uh you know make those plants cycle faster. So but yeah. you're gonna have to increase nutrient amount as well.
1: Of course. Yes.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I was just thinking that maybe maybe it helps to uh cut down a little bit on transpiration, you know, that it would because the more CO2, you know, they, they the stomatas they can keep their their little their holes whatever size you know and they're able to transpire less water when there's more co2 in the air and uh you know i don't i don't know whether that helps the plants to uh during during heat stress or not
0: during, during heat, heat they're gonna they're gonna kind of sweat basically to to try and lose that not sweat obviously they're, but, they don't have no, sweat, but the water but they're, they're, they're perspire and go through water, water faster it and it cool helps down.
1: Yep, the transpiration helps them to cool down. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but anyways, uh, I was
0: using the wrong words for that, but you guys know what I mean.
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) Um, Another uh, another question was: um, How much more stretch do fourteen-week-long flower strains have, if any? So most strain. There's an interesting study by a gentleman out of Canada. Um, who does a lot of um, um, aquaponics stuff. And I can't remember his name off the top of my head at the moment. I do apologize um, to, the, to the gentleman whose name I can't remember at the moment. But he has a great paper. I'm sure you can Google Fu it uh, on Google, uh, scholar.google.com. But basically, they found that most strains between day 21 and day 25 stop stretching no matter what the flowering time is in terms of vertical lift. Um, they'll still keep, you know, doing their thing and take longer to flower, but most strains, you know, end within the, that, you know, three week plus minus, you know, uh, range. So, um, and they did have quite a bit of variety with the strains they tested on that. So, you know, I, I can't imagine anything stretching more than 30 days, uh, even on a long stretch, just to be generous on that. Again, happy to be proven wrong, but that's what the science currently backs up. Have you seen anything stretch particularly long? Most of the stuff seems to it'll it'll take a long time to flower, but it doesn't seem to stretch quite as long. It doesn't stay vegging, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I think a lot of that has to do with also there's the thing of uh, continuing to feed. We were talking about this before. I think it's like if there's still available nitrogen or whatever, and um, you know, that I think is one of the big causes of uh, you know, also of her- hermaphrodites in my yeah, opinion it's I mean it's just I'm just you know it's just a, my observation is that you know the feed, feeding nitrogen towards but yeah that I mean because it's like when do you stop feeding and you know it's a long season sativa and you're planning to take it a long time so you're trying to figure out when you know I usually think you should kind of stop you should definitely stop feeding I think I feel like everything by the you know sort of that peak flower maybe um, there's no reason really to feed anything more. But yeah, for sure, you know, it's a dominant sativa is anything with a long flowering season. It's gotta, you know, it's gonna eat more further and that can be complicated. That's why Oreo, like the clone, is, is hard to grow. It's a super vigorous plant and everything, but then it has really thin little leaves that, and I don't think thin leaves are good at storing nutrients. So that's one of the things I think you gotta consider when you look at the plant, you're trying to figure out what to do with your clone, you know, how thick are the leaves, like when to stop feeding and whatnot. But I think that, I think a lot of times, uh, stretching, you know, anything that makes the roots grow. Again, if you're growing in a bed, that's why, that's again why I think uh, it can be, you know, that that's tricky. How do you stop? How do you keep, uh, you know, you don't want to necessary. and. Th- It's totally genetic dependent, right? Some plants are going to stop growing their roots anyway. They don't care. Other plants maybe could be tempted (laughs) to growing some roots. And then that makes them more prone to fox tailing, stretching, bud continuing stretch, or maybe hermaphrodite flowers even. So, you know, it's a complicated thing. That's taking care of any any, uh, it's much harder to flower a plant for 14 weeks than it is for you know nine weeks <laughs> you know what i mean the higher the longer the flowering period the more skill it takes
0: oh yeah you're also oftentimes with the longer flowering times we'll have a couple of parts of the plant that maybe finish finished a little earlier and you just you're going to have Second a couple half. of yeah you're going to have some sections that it may be finished off you know where some of those strikes are a little bit you know already ripened or, or past ripe which can definitely you know, some plants you know, can, can be weird
1: be, some plants can be harvested in 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 separate sections for sure where they like it better Um yeah. yep. and i i think that's something to do with the feeding the way it's tricky uh you know it's also it's like probably maybe under some ideal conditions that plant would have you know other conditions it would have finished all the time but if for some reason i don't know I'm I'm a big proponent of underfeeding in general. Not, and I don't mean drastically, and I don't mean chronic underfeeding, you know, but a little bit, especially towards the end. And that's what can give you, you know, you get your long-season sativa. That's what's going to give it that real connoisseur, you know, beautiful <laughs>
0: light golden. <laughs> I, I definitely agree. Uh, certainly, if you're trying to get those more caramely or sugary or fruity aftertastes at the end you know if you're feeding up until you know week six you know week yeah. seven you're you're not going to get those. no
1: yeah you have to you have to let all the let all the delicate stuff come through and that's one of the things about egg and genetics uh, too is because when you're starting to fiddle around with your hybrids that's one of the traits you i feel like i'm always trying to get rid of as an indica, indica trade, I call it, uh, where they're, you know, that the leaves will not turn. Like I was saying that I like, I love that master Kush clone because it's possible to get at least some of the lower leaves to turn yellow on this thing. And whereas a lot of sort of indica dominant plants, they're gonna, you know, everything's all finished up and everything in the leaves are still blue, dark blue green. And the flavor of that is, you know, those are the plants. I, that in my opinion, uh, that you know, that they improve a lot after a month or a couple of months of curing. You know, slow, slow drying after the initial drying in the jar, um, the chlorophyll gets a lot better. But that's a that's an indicate. That's the that's the stuff that catches you in the throat, and you're like, <laughs> that that, you know. I feel it's the chlorophyll that We all, you know, supposedly don't like, and everybody hates flower rosin that's dark. Oh my god, it's so dark in color!
0: i uh, <laughs> on some great stuff from Jordan River from uh from Growcast. Shout out, Jordan, it's really awesome weed tonight! Nice, yeah. Was, uh, so, what, um, um, we had some other questions from chat. This is, um let me see here, uh, how much, oh, we already went through that one. Um, can you touch on the methods you use for cultivation and how that's evolved over time?
1: Um, for cultivation uh, as in, I mean, ways of growing.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, how you grow and how that's changed over, over the yeah, years. Yeah,
1: um, I think I've gradually, uh, I, I think that, you know, space, space is the thing when you're breeding you can never have enough space and it's not just that you know my space was small but i think anybody who's trying to uh breed cannabis or anything will tell you they didn't really have enough room you know for anything because no matter what you you end up filling up your whole space whatever space you have you're going to fill it up and in the beginning i didn't I think over time I've grad I've gra- uh, kept on getting to smaller and smaller containers, and now I use really small containers. I think I. I think uh, Steve, I sent you a photograph. That closet is like four by six, and I had uh, some at least forty. At least I think forty-five plants in there that were you know that were in twenty-ounce twenty-ounce cups. You know. <laughs> And they eventually the females ended up flowering in, in quart containers and uh, they never got any bigger than that for, for quite a few years, maybe even 20, 20, recently as 20 years ago, 25 years ago, I was probably always flowering in gallon pots and maybe many years before that, I was probably flowering maybe even in two gallon pots or something like that. And that's, you know, you can't, really fit unless you have, a you, well, it, when I was in New York City, I actually did have more space. Um, so somewhat of necessity of, uh, kind of downsizing in spaces, but no matter how much space you have, you're going to try and get more plants in there. So that's been the thing of smaller and smaller um, flowering plants as small and as early as possible. Um, the other thing is <clears throat>
0: Have you have you noticed a lot of strains that kind of fight you on that? That kind of have like a minimum veg type.
1: Definitely, definitely, absolutely. As a matter of fact, uh, you know, any that's a sativa thing is that a lot of sativas just want to be a certain age. <laughs> they just don't want to uh, a more a more indica dominant thing uh, flowered earlier, and it's gonna show or still show you the bunch of the traits that it really has. But a lot of sativas. Uh, you know, I've almost gotten in the habit of, um, you know, say uh, keep, that's why uh, keep clones, reevaluate them again, flower them again. Uh, don't trust your for, your abs- you know, your first judgment. And besides, I, a lot of times, it, it, if I'm breeding stuff, I'm really uh, big on progeny testing. So I always save clones of the best ones to test breed them to find out which, and then grow out a few seeds of those to find out which is going to pan out uh, the best. I did that a lot with White Wizard, and that is a fantastic uh, method. It, it can be a little bit slow because you're kind of two steps forward, one step back, but it's absolutely worth it. What um, uh, was I going to say about, did I get side, sidetracked? Was I answering, uh, what was I saying? <laughs> <laughs> I forgot yeah, right. uh, um, uh, uh, about the uh, oh um, how you how your grow methods have changed oh yeah yeah growing changing grow methods over the years absolutely trying to fit more into more plants into smaller space also mm-hmm. a tendency towards uh, less uh, stress I think the in, in general and, and you might say well isn't flowering the plants like really early that's kind of a stress itself but um you know in general trying to get uh because stress is kind of hammer the plants into the more into being more similar you know similarities it's harder to do, sometimes can be harder to uh, uh choose plants if there is a lot of uh the less kind of general stresses you're putting on the plants the more different each one looks like they they it, encourages them to express themselves kind of <laughs> they become more they become more uh, individualistic like, like that I think so yeah always working to keep stresses as low as possible mm-hmm. um, containers as small as possible as many in as space as I can fit early flowering early flowering mm-hmm. is great because Why? Because you can go through four, I have done five generations, white wizard, in one year. (laughs) And that means saving seeds from plant, from plant. Remember, outdoors, it's only one generation a year. Indoors, you can push a strain through four or five generations a year. Uh, And that's really, you know, that's something. That's accelerated evolution. <laughs> it's kind of scary, isn't it? Oh. <laughs> <The planet.
0: laughs> yeah, it- uh, um, someone else asked, when's, how do you determine the best time to harvest? Yeah. Um, I Unfortunately, when I'm doing, you know,
1: uh, like running a continuous harvest uh, room, a lot of times it's just whenever. If there's enough room, then I'll let it go longer. If there's something else coming in, I've got to pick it earlier. I, I've never been really huge. I've noticed that genetically, um, very often this plant is this plant, whether I pick it earlier or later, and the differences between it and another plant that's genetically another plant, those differences are always are consistent and don't change. Don't seem to change all that much from. Uh, so there may be differences from early to late harvesting. Uh, there might be subtle differences with the same plant, but there's certainly more differences between, you know, one strain and another strain, uh, whether you pick it early or not. You know what I mean? <laughs> if this one's a super lemony one, it's always going to make you feel like giggling when you smoke it. <laughs> whether you whether you uh, pick it early or pick it late. So... Um, You know, at least that's been my experience. Uh, So, yeah, so I very often don't really pay attention to it. I do try to pay attention to it when I'm trying to collect that information to tell somebody. Uh, You know, so I've been really watching these Indicas because they love the the back cross, the the ones I'm messing around with, the Blackberry Kush and stuff, because they're fast. and And that's one of the reasons that you like it you know, whereas a lot of other stuff I've been messing around with over the last 10 or 15 years been sativas that, you know, up in 10 weeks or whatever. And at that point, you don't be, uh, you know, I don't know. It, uh, I, I, it's already a long time, you know, It's like, <laughs> right? That's too long for commercial. Who the hell wants the flower for 10 weeks? You know, mm-hmm. talk about somebody's t- 14 weeks jesus that's way too long no, <laughs> no i'm not i that t- i am sure i do it all the time i i am just saying that uh you know uh i think i, I i've been paying attention to the some of these the, the indicas just because they're a lot faster and because you know it's one of their traits is uh wow that's cool uh, these can finish really quick And like I said, that's, that's great. You know, a lot of people want that. You want it commercially. Uh, It can also be really good for the, uh, a new, newer grower just because it's less of a pain, Uh, you know, really a shorter flowering period gives you less time to uh, make mistakes. (laughs) You know, you're probably going to do well, probably get, you know, uh, don't you agree with that, Steve? Do you think that's true? I think
0: that, you know, fast. The other thing I was just going to say is is that when you're um, uh, I really like, especially if I don't know how, what the finishing time is on the strains of say if I'm like out collecting seeds from a place and they don't know what the flowering time is, I'll just leave it at that. Um, I'll yeah. take that and then I'll, I'll kind of, as soon as I start to see any amount of, even 20% amber on, on, a, on the first buds, I'll, I'll take a nug off of it and then maybe give that a quick wash and then look at the percentages of the different sizes and kind of see where i'm at look at the different ripenesses of the different um, trichome sizes and also look at which terpene profile i like the best so if it's a, a you know a really early finishing strain and i want to harvest it early those smaller trichome heads are going to be really you know in that profile that i'm, I'm you know looking for uh, if it's something that's going to be more of a heavy washer going to be more that 73 to 90 trichome head wash size and and that's going to be a good dumper you know for for making hash and stuff like that and then i can kind of slice it out and look at okay well i can see okay well maybe we harvest a little early this time but next time we want to do that maybe a little bit later or even pull down a single plant and wash it and kind of look at the different trichome head sizes and see okay well this girl's a smaller trichome head size or a larger trichome head size washer and then okay I can look at you know eight different maturity levels or six different maturity levels or whatever my bag set is, and then break that down based off of you know how mature those trichome heads were. So that's the best way to kind of figure out and evaluate a strain, at least in my personal opinion, you can either do the you smoke those gland heads directly from that or you know, squish them into rosin or whatever it is that you want to do to evaluate it. But to me, that's how you can kind of zero in on that perfect harvest time.
1: Dude, it's so true that it, you know every plant is 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 so different and you um I mean even ones even sisters of similar strains and you you for sure are going to be um you know any any of these methods you're going to use you're going to spend some time dialing in it, you know, you're going to because <laughs> you're going to notice differences and you're going to want to you know it's <laughs> It's a natural thing, but yeah, I mean, it is, it's an incredibly complex plant. It's, it's unbelievable. When I started using the press, you know, the different ways of the rosin, different, just from different strains, nothing, you know, just, just a different plant. It's just so, uh, so dramatically different.
0: And, uh, yeah, and someone else in chat ask about, um uh, about the differences between like commercial stuff and not worrying about and smaller people not worrying about finishing times. Um, uh, I know that you actually offer when you do have your seeds, a, a pretty diverse background on all of your seeds. Um, you get a, a whole, you know, lineage on what was crossed with what to make all the different ones that you used, uh, anything that you are aware of in terms of background, it's all on that little info sheet that you give along with finishing times, and a whole bunch of other great info. So that's definitely one thing that if you do end up getting seeds from Mr. Green Jeans, he does go out of his way to give you a, an enormous amount of information about each cultivar.
1: Do you want to yeah, touch well,
0: just on that? Because you do a lot of documentation, a lot more I, than a lot of people.
1: I, I think that I think it's really the most uh, one of the most important things. I mean, the 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 information you know that you're getting the pedigree. I mean, that's that's like that's kind of the the whole thing in in the sense that you know it can and also to, you know give you you know what what an idea of where you want to go and and stuff like that what direction you're gonna breed in because i'm assuming that you know that anybody who who gets my seeds is going to want to uh you know either find a unicorn or or create a, a unicorn strain or cross it with something that they have or or whatever and uh so I, I, I uh, you know I like to I like to try and figure out how to make seed batches for you for quite a few years. I've been doing that at least 25, 30 years trying to engineer seed batches that are really exciting you know that, that that I noticed like when I planted those I was like, whoa, you know that where you're where you're like like I said, like likely to find uh, something like a, a unicorn, a really an amazing plant. And it's possible to, it's possible to engineer seed batches like that, you know, that uh, where the very, where there is wonderful variation. So you know, no hay, no bad plants, bunch of really good and, and, and variation there too. I think that's, that's, uh, yeah, it's really exciting stuff to me. I mean, I, those, like I said, though, though, the, though, the, I like to, you know, I'd like to, to, to sell seeds that I'm, are the
0: ones that I like to grow.
1: You know what I mean? Those. <laughs> so I, can...
0: I know in your cherry bomb, you have quite a bit of like the, the flowers are purple and the rest of it's green, which is like a super cool contrast in a lot of the, the Finos. Um, do you want to touch on maybe some of the other stuff that you've done down some of those funkier traits?
1: Yeah. I mean, that, that's, you know, the, the, the funny thing is i'm i'm colorblind right and it's uh i di- actually really couldn't see uh those pink and the red pistols and i knew they were there i knew there was color there but i couldn't really make it out myself and i'd have to go and ask somebody and i'd you know say hey this, you know. and so uh, but thankfully those those traits I I kept it all in there I knew that I knew it was in there and basically gas you know when he got a hold of it he uh you know selected uh it more so that uh those the traits of the red pistols are more you know maybe in the batch of the seeds that he sent me I'd say probably maybe almost 24 of the females probably had the red pistol trait, which is so cool. Fantastic. Yeah, it was great. I mean, I didn't have cherry bomb for quite a few years, I think for four or five years. And then when I got the genetics back and the smell, you know, and the taste and the effects exactly the same. I was just like, oh my
0: god, that's so cool! And uh, I recently <laughs> got some, uh, some another lineage of Cherry Bomb from Cascadian grown off. to I got to kick those over to you too. Totally, I would. Uh, 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 the, that,
1: that was one of the best decisions. I highly recommend <laughs> to anybody. You know, don't don't hold genetic genetics tight to your chest. Uh, that that you know that getting uh, getting Cherry Bomb out there was a really uh a good thing to do uh because it <laughs> not only ensured that you know when I lost it that I was able to get it back and that's the real deal. Like as if you've been breeding a while you've lost a lot more than you've still got you know you can't you can't plant all the seeds you can't plant everything every cross that you make you know you don't get to everything stuff stuff ends up on the back burner Seeds go bad, even if you store them well. Um, you know, it's, uh, so you're you're always kind of, you know. And, and uh, I shouldn't complain about that, but uh, yeah, it's just. But but to, but to be able to to get the genetics back, I mean, that was so unbelievably. Uh, so I I highly recommend anybody who's uh, got anything. If you think it's really special. Make sure you distribute it. Even if it's a clone, make sure you back it up. Speaking of which, do you guys still have that chill, (laughs) Jill? Please? Is it gone? You guys, yeah, didn't didn't you still have it? I hope. You gotta get it. Don't have it. That thing's gone. Oh my god. I can't believe it. That was such a wonderful clone that was the she was the nun you couldn't pollinate her she was (laughs) unpollinatable. don't want to lose any more genetics oh it's
0: terrible yeah is there any other um uh, i know with um like australian bastard cannabis is a pretty interesting structure Uh, have you found any other particularly funky structures or anything that you thought was maybe a Funky and and ergonomical at the same time. You know, I
1: it's funny. I've got, and I wonder if it's going to. So far, it is. uh, You know, I've got a really a a variegated plant. uh, This this uh, grow that truly. And at first, I was like, ah, you know, with with a really a couple of the leaves. I have pictures of them. Super yellow. it looks like the kind of with the um with the you know, there's a lot of plants that that have the virus, a lot of house plants and ornamental plants that have that uh virus which gives them the variegated leaves, the yellow. The streaking, here the, Um, you know what I mean? You've seen you've seen all kinds of uh, plants with that. And geez, do I have it? I there's know. the more
0: solid one, which is usually the legit one when you test it out. What? What is the-, the more the more solid color? Oh yeah,
1: um, yeah. Oh yeah, I think it's, oh Wait a minute. Oh man, there they are. Oh oh, please no. I think I found it. There we go. I don't know if this will if I can. Cho- oh, there it is. Um, I don't know if these will. And yeah, I don't know. I don't send know. it to me. Not even. Yeah, yeah I have to, send to. Not even gonna work like that at all um but yeah um like beautiful combination of yellow and green and so far it's even working even the clone is uh still showing it still um no i i thought that was gonna go away i was like that's not gonna that must be a mistake you know but the whole plant and uh you know it's not exactly like like uh chimera or whatever you call it with one side of it and the other side of it it's kind of blended you know each leaf has sections one some of them are really modeled like sort of blotched, but the, the yellow parts are perfectly healthy they're not uh you know it's it doesn't look like a um they're not like shriveling up or sick or anything they're just mm-hmm. devoid of chlorophyll
0: right? well, <laughs> what's interesting is i was at a grow and they had four different lights uh, from mm-hmm. four different companies they had the same like six strains in each room and uh, or four strains. I don't remember exactly what it was, but um, one of the tables in one of the rooms really did not like that light and the the virus expressed just in that one light setting and not in the others. And the others, it was fine, yielded fine. You would never know there's a problem. And then in the other one with that particular light setting, it just hated it. And it caused that virus to express in that particular, you know, can't, uh, cultivar. So it's real screwy how it ends up expressing and what it hates yes. and what it doesn't in, in an environment. Yeah. I have seen light alone be the, the variable. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, if it keeps, I mean, I don't expect it to, I expect it to go, uh, go back to revert back to totally green at some point, but. So far, it's not doing it. And I'm like, "Whoa, that's pretty interesting. <laughs> and then, of course, we've talked before about uh, twins and stuff like that. Um, I think I had a twin recently. Yeah, some of the one of these was and I. You had you had
0: one that was like 80 percent twins, though, didn't you?
1: Yeah, a whole seed batch. Exactly. I had a seed batch of white wizard that, that had a high, really high percentage of twins uh
0: uh-huh. that's that's pretty cool I, yeah I that is that. cool
1: and i didn't keep the i didn't have clones of the mother and father so it was just the one seed batch and when they ran out they were gone but it would have been cool if that's one of those things where you're like wow i wish i had a clone of that mom and pop because you probably would have been able to crank those seeds they would always had that percentage you know what i mean it's like wow that's pretty cool <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's definitely it's not something that you hear very often. In no, of
1: that's what you got to really keep an eye on your plants, man. And they, you know, um, cannabis is like hard to look at too. It's not easy to look at. It's a very complex plant, it really takes a long time. I really recommend people to just sit your chair down and just with seedlings, you know, when you got a bunch of seedlings, you planted a bunch of seeds and you're trying to. You know, start looking at them early. Don't wait until they all flower, you know. Like, get to know them. (laughs) Takes a long time. There's a lot to look at. And a lot to see. And, uh, oh, you know, I I was thinking about this whole CO2 thing recently. This uh, breathing on the plants, man. They just, uh, you know, it's very important to breathe on your plants. If you think about the parts per million like the, your breath is something like 14% carbon dioxide, right? And the atmosphere is only 400 parts per million or three something parts, 300 and something parts per million. And that is a difference of something like 40,000 times. So when you, so your breath has got 40,000 times the carbon dioxide in it that there is in the regular concentration in the air, which is why your plants love it when you breathe on them so much. You know, that's their their primary uh, fertilizer. All that other shit, nitrogen, phosphorus, potassium, that's way down the list, right, Steve? Uh, the big carbon one
0: is definitely carbon. Uh, I have
1: the main thing right there so when you're when you're breathing on your plants you know i I swear you know i've been noticing it uh like the last couple of years you can you can tell they they just love it like hey here comes the boss he's gonna breathe on us again so yeah when you sit there and you look at your plants trying to they especially like it you know when you're looking at all the seedlings and the females are all flowering at the end and it's like a Beauty pageant at that point, you know, they're all showing off. you breathing on them. <laughs> Sorry, man, I'm going off.
0: That's no, fine. Yeah. <laughs> Sit there and just tell your tell your plants bad jokes just to, just to get some breath on anything. Anything exactly. They, bust they bust out bad. your terrible rap lyrics and whatever. Yeah, else. yeah. yeah wasn't there there was that that couple that were like the whitest people on the planet that got busted for crypto scamming in really New York and like karaoke them <laughs> anyways i don't That's remember good. their name they're really bad though. they're like epically bad oh
1: I, I know exactly who you're talking about um Shit, it'll come to me after we get out of here. I'll be able to, I'll remember that. But I know exactly what you're talking about. Oh,
0: <laughs> Somebody says blow them kisses. Yes. You can yeah, blow yeah. them kisses if that's what you want. Yeah. Any other uh any other advice for new growers?
1: Ah, let's see. Yeah, I don't know. Can't think of any. Um Yeah. You know, always just start those seeds. I mean, I was crazy for starting. I had no room and I started a hundred seeds. I mean, if I can do it, you can do it. I mean, the the, the thing is the seeds are the, or getting the plant, you know, uh, you'll make the room, you know, the people always say, people always say, I got to wait until I get, uh, it's like having kids or something, you know? You're not really ready you think you think you need this and you think you need that to be ready but you don't really know until they're there you know well, the same thing is true with plants you just start the seeds you know you don't even need the lights I mean you do need the lights but you'll get them <laughs> you know what I mean you'll get them once you get the seeds going you know you'll get you'll get other things will fall into line and yeah you know home growing um it's it's what big Canada is totally scares in every state you know recently they've obviously been more and more I think it, it seems like trying to prevent home growing there's more and more laws coming in you know trying to uh with the, with with recent I think more of the recent states that have been legalizing you know the big the cannabis businesses they recognize that home growing is their their big is their number one enemy. You know, that's the thing that, that uh, gets them. And frankly, I don't. I think every we all arrive at a point where we realize that. And it doesn't. You don't have to be uh, some. Uh, you don't have to be. I'm not. A lot of people. A lot of people watching this grow better than I do. You know, I just. I just grow well enough to support my breeding habit, and it's very easy to grow uh stuff that's way better than what you're going to get in the uh in the dispensary you know especially if you're willing like i said a little extra couple of weeks in the flowering time you don't care about that uh, and consider it a thing a badge of your skill too you know that you're able to flower a longer flowering period and yeah just start those seeds. anything else will fall in line or or get some clones clones
0: are absolutely fit i think it's also too a lot of people have a hard time getting seeds like we're spoiled but like we have more seeds than we have lifetime left to grow i know i certainly have more seeds than i have lifetime left to grow Uh, and i'm sure that you have more than i do um but uh um, you know how do people get seeds if they're just getting started Uh, obviously save anything that you find label it you know, put a date on it and you know, make sure you do all of those things uh, when you're seed saving. I think uh, I, I wish I had saved and labeled, uh, you know, some of my early seeds I'd gotten early on. Yep. Um, I think, may, and you know,
1: the first chance you get uh, when you, you know, a lot of times when you buy uh, seed uh, packs and things like that, there were you know, maybe only a dozen seeds in there or whatever. But, a lot, very often what I try to do is, uh, you know, uh, try to make a lot more seeds with those first, with that first batch of plants. You know, if you think that's good, that's good genetics and that's the direction you want to go. And those are good, you know, they're, they're good. Um, 12 is, you know, I would try to use at least four, six, eight of them to make a whole pant load more seeds you know try to make a hundred seeds and then grow at the second second run grow you know start with a with a whole lot of them and that way you'll immediately jump up you know it's, it really is true that selecting from a large number of plants you know not all the time it's not like it, it isn't a hard fast rule because some seed batches are not really uh, variable enough and You know, you can see pretty much everything you need to see with 10 or 20 seeds, but it's still, there's other reasons to grow out a lot of seeds. Like I said before, to be able to observe, you know, you're going to see everything falling into groups. You're going to see categories of stuff, and it's easier to see that stuff when you have a lot of plants,
0: so the other thing i would say too is if you end up with a ton of seeds give away a bunch of seeds like oh yeah yeah if you have have a ton of seeds like i do and a bunch of people i know do give away a bunch right like you're not going to do it as people are like man if i just had a couple seeds i get started growing boom here's here's 10 seeds go you here i just gave you four different strains go go grow them and you tell me how you like them you know and that be that Johnny Appleseed for people, because a lot of people would would get into this. If you just give them, you know, enough seeds to get started. A lot of people do. Um, I've had a couple of different times where I've hosted different seed swaps and I was the only one that brought seeds, but that was fine, you know, and, and and especially in Oklahoma, people just didn't have it, but we had a bunch of little local people that were, you know, had never shown up to an event before that just, Hey, they they had an opportunity to get some seeds. So if you can be that Johnny apple seed in your local community, you know, do that. Organize a way to do that, and, and whatever level or capacity is, is comfortable for you, and make that happen for people. Because you know you can open up the world that all of us enjoy to to a whole new uh, group of people.
1: Yes, and 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 uh, that's another reason to make a lot of seeds. Is uh, you know even you know you think well I'm never going to get around to growing out uh, these thousand seeds. But if I pass them out, if I, you know, give them out and distribute them around, a lot more of them will get grown than if I hoard them myself. And that really, that really counts for a lot.
0: Probably um, like that, but they might do like what you did with the, the blue hash and, and find some really amazing traits in it that were even better than the stuff that I had worked on. And, you know, you might find someone that, that, that susses out some other cool stuff that you didn't even know was in that line. Yes. Uh, welcome, and, and- welcome West Engine as well oh yeah
2: hey big up potent big up mr green jean what's up uh long time fan mr green jean uh, of your work uh and when you used to be uh more of a regular here on the show i feel like i uh already know you uh just from your past visits on the show and stuff so
1: totally i should be i'm gonna try to be here more often i gotta i gotta
0: I'd love to get you on a Wednesday show too. Uh, it's yes. A different
2: format. I think you'd have fun.
0: Absolutely. Nice. Um, I lost my
1: train.
2: So, uh, uh, so well, sorry I'm so late. I had a hell of a time getting my daughter to sleep there. So.
0: Lunch can agra, and That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> um. Wow. We had a another question, which was, is it worth bothering with weird stragglers?
1: um yeah i mean i it depends on how many plants you have if you i almost i would call of the seeds that i just now got from steve the Durban. um i would call this male i had like i think i got three females and one male and the male was definitely in my opinion a straggler and since I only had, I didn't really have anything to compare to. I only had the three females. Um, kind of depends a lot on, you know, what else you've got. And in that sense, like if I'd had a, uh, you know, it almost, almost, you would say, well, you only had that one male. Why did you get rid of it? I did, you know, I did, I did get rid of him because he was super straggly. <laughs> you know, that's exactly what he was. Was. Uh, in my you know, estimation, he was like, and he never, never really, you know. So, uh, you know, but if you've got a big batch, uh, if you've got a bunch of seeds, then absolutely uh, get rid of anything that you would uh, consider to be a straggler. Uh, the more, and that's another reason to plant more seeds. For example, that's what I did with the first couple of generations after I crossed the Quirkle and the Triple X because the corkle had these wonderful traits that I did like, but then there were these, um, you know, hothouse flower ones that were, were, I guess, like wimpy and, you know, cantankerous. And so they had to. gain. So, you know, I was looking out for them. I already knew. So I planted a bigger batch. You know, I started with more saying, well, how many do I want? I'm going to, I'm going to get rid of all these stragglers. So it, it could have to do with how many you're, you know what I mean? If you only have the four plants, like I did, only had the three Durban, the Durbans and the one boy, generally, you probably maybe wouldn't want to get rid of him. But for some reason, I just went with my, went with my gut instinct and got rid of him anyways. <laughs> what can I say? I don't know. But uh, yeah. What do you um, got to
2: do sometimes? Sometimes you just, I just. I You just know. You just know. You you gotta trust that the inner voice in you that tells you.
1: I just knew it. Yeah. I just knew yeah. it. And he was gone.
2: <laughs> so you, obviously your cherry bombs are one you're most famous for. What what's your what's your favorite thing? Uh like uh what's your favorite second thing or what's your favorite personal smoke?
1: Oh, I don't know. It goes it changes. Recently, um recently, let's see. Oh yeah, so I crossed, I had this really old uh, Jack Carrere clone that I've had around forever, over 20 years now, I think it is. And uh, it breeds, she breeds really nice. And I crossed her with a Feijoa Kush male. And so, and I was calling it, I'm calling the cross Pineapple Jack, but it's not really pineapple in the sense that feijoa, kush, feijoa is pineapple guava it's not really it's not an actual pineapple but it's a type of guava that people call pineapple guava yeah yeah so yeah sorry but that 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 pineapple jack that so from the male uh um uh, feijoa kush crossed into that female jack rare uh, the best plant out of that the number i, I kept the number five the p j five I've had that around for not very long about a year and a half or two years ago. maybe I grew the seed out that I selected that one from and it just it's like wowie it, what's it smell like oh it's it's got the old it's got the original um the original very much of the the what you remember the jack Rare. yeah and then a bunch of sort of the, the feijoa kush is very uh, a little bit more indica berry like a berry indica kind of thing and all of that is all that is in there the the the, the original the old jack has got a lot it's very complex and it's got it's got a lot of wonderful uh, smells of terpenes one of the things that stands out of it is kind of a liquor or maybe a licorice yes. kind of a smell yes
2: like i i would definitely agree that's a jack here i've tried before yes. And, right, uh, I always felt very uplifting. Weed, I always like oh. it was kind of weed. I forgot I was high on, and feel oh, like yeah. I feel like I could solve all the world's problems, and yes. then be like, "Holy shit, you're just high." Just, yeah, just calm. Very energetic. Like, <laughs> yes, yeah, really good weed. Really, yeah.
1: Good. yeah. And the cross with that, that with it crossed with the with the uh, fajowa push is is just really, it's great. It smells and it tastes and it, uh, and the resin is not. Um, real sticky it's uh like kind of um uh it's not exactly a greasy oily resin but it's more of a i don't know it's kind of i like guess it's it's a slippery almost like a yeah so i guess it is kind of an oily resin
2: The i, I know exactly the oily trichomes you're speaking of like
1: yeah, and yeah. it feels when you, when you rub it it's not it's not it's not super sticky. it's not going to glue your fingers together at all and it's uh And, but it's not, it's not the real oily kind. Like if you roll a joint, like the resin just runs up the joint super far and gets all the ends all brown, you know, brown on the inside. Not that, that's like the- No, it's kind of the
2: opposite of when you get that sandy, uh, very beach sandy kind of um, trichome. The
1: opposite of that. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, the
2: exact opposite.
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah. There's just there's there's uh, that's a whole thing. I mean, uh, the whole thing of the different types of uh, of resin. You know, the different different ways that they feel, different ways that they smell, stuff like that. That's a huge. um, That's a big. You can you can go on about that. Um, I feel like the very sticky sticky resins are very. uh, That's like what we used to get. That that seems like an old sort of Afghani. The old hash, sort of hash weed trait, really glue your fingers together. Like, <laughs> cool. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that's why probably been my recent, recent most favorite. But I can see some of these ones that I've just started, these recent seeds that I've started. Some of these ones coming up are going to be like, oof, wow going to be some fun ones fun plants in there uh the double uh, ed tellin steve before double back crossed uh blackberry Cush. um that's black uh dj short and those are that's really good indica um but very small um tiny not very large flowers a couple of them had had large flowers so i have uh um, I guess I only get about six females of those, and one male. So I'm going to inbreed. I'm going to cross brother and sister of the this generation, the double back cross generation. See where that goes. Um, see how those turn out. Because uh, I haven't haven't messed with uh, indicas in, in a long time, over twenty years. So uh, been getting back into it recently. Trying to,
2: and what brought you to it originally? Uh, was it the just the wanting to produce your own seed, or a necess- necessity to produce your own seed, or did you see things that you just said these have to be together? What was it?
1: I, you know, and I, I, like when I mean in the beginning, first starting to breed, like originally uh in the 70s, for example, uh when I made uh Triple X, that was exactly a necessity. I had. A female, um, you know, uh, uh, like a, a hash, the a Afghani hashweed female plant, and uh, nothing to cross it with. And then I got a male, a, a plant that a friend of mine brought a clone back uh, from uh, Jamaica for me. And when I, you know, when that plant flowered, that turned out to be a male. So I had these two, you know, female over here and male over here. <laughs> that was, you know that was exactly what that was a necessity. Um, <laughs> um, but and you know that's that's how Oreo was made too. That's how recently, you know, just what a stroke of luck, Oh my God. Uh, the, that plant came along to remind me how important a clone is and you know, to save. <laughs> you know, an F1, a cross between two unrelated strains, you know, and how special uh, something like that can be. Um, very difficult to create a strain with it, difficult to uh, to breed it in such a way as to make it uh, into a, a stable strain or something like that. Um, not impossible, I'm saying, but I, I did actually mess with it a lot and I pretty much gave up with it. <laughs> So okay.
2: h- how rare is that Oreo? Was it like one in a thousand, one in a... Like-
1: I, it, no, it wasn't rare at all. It was only, it, I, I think it was one out of three. I think we only had it's three really? female plants. So it was an unbelievably lucky, right? Unbelievably lucky. Um, and it was also a necessity cross because the, the mother, um, it was my, my friend who's from South Africa, who brought seeds of Durban poison from there. He lives in, he lived in Durban. And uh, we crossed that with the SS, with that uh, strain that I don't know what it was. A friend of mine gave me the seeds for it. Uh, Her brother was a grower in Germany, a German. uh, So I always called it the German strain. I didn't know what it was. And I used the male of that to cross into the Durban poison uh, to make the Oreo because we only got, I think the first the Durban poison seeds that he had, I think we only got one, or we only got two females. were the only ones germinated. Then we crossed that with the, I crossed that with the SS and then I gave this to my friend. He grew them out and I think he only ended up whether he only started a small batch or I, I forget exactly how it went because um, this is going back to Oreos good, 15-year-old plant by now, at least, yeah, probably 15. And uh, yeah, so, you know, uh, yeah, it was just incredibly lucky. I mean, it was just, uh, you know, she wasn't even from a big selection at all, you know, which is, again, like, wow, the luck. You know, and uh, yeah, she was actually quite different than the. T- I think there were two sisters, or you know, there's only e- each one of them were, were both small grows, even the, the original one that I, I crossed with the SS, used the SS male to cross into the pure Durban poison. And so Oreos 50 50, whatever this German strain SS on the male side and Durban poison on the female side and uh, wowie zowie <laughs> it's like first time you know uh, uh, oreo just like from another planet or something plant is so uh unusual and people when every it, first time you grow it you know it's like what it, it you know grows really vigorously you know super fast but it's kind of a little bit sensitive you know it's a it's a thin leafed sativa very you got to be really careful not to overfeed it when it's going into flower you know and, and flowering it can, I don't think it can store any nutrients is my theory I think uh, I kind of learned I think Oreo and I'm not sure if this is true or not maybe other growers can you know can uh, they have similar experiences but It seems to me like the thick sort of leathery leaves of indica plants, indica-dominant plants, are are better at storing nutrients. And that when you get over to the sort of thin-leaf sativas, they can be easier to overfeed, or they get more grouchy if you give them too much food. seems to me like anyway. So, yeah. (laughs) Oreo. Yeah, total luck. You yeah. know, always I'll keep an eye out for you. you. Never know when an amazing plant is going to come along from any, any place, you know, any cross, any conditions. There's no talent. Got to be ready to. Got to be ready to see that plant too. That's the thing. I was. Uh, I remember thinking after I discovered Oreos, like, wow, I. I'm glad I knew, I'm glad I've seen this many plants in the past that I was able to recognize how special she was right away. You know, it was like, whoa, we.
0: I never seen a plant like that before. Yep. <laughs> what about um, any, any uh, soil mix tips? Is there anything that you, you've tried and you're like, man, I'll never do that again or anything you're, you're like, man, I gotta have this in all my batches?
1: Well, I think I think for sure the the um, uh, you know having some kind of fungal activity in your soil is obviously very important. Um, I, uh, and it, it seems to me like even a little bit of compost. You know, I make I <clears throat> I generally compost all my uh, my uh, kitchen waste and and everything like that. So I've always been doing that. And you know regular compost that it's made in the made in a pile and, and stuff like that outside usually has pretty good a good deal of uh fungal yeah, stuff going in there's fungies things going in there and i've noticed a lot of times you know, small amounts of of that really goes a long ways uh i don't know you know i i, I think i i use uh probably an old time i'm probably a blood and bone meal kind of person i like to use uh kelp meal when i can get a hold of it you know if i i will use any of those uh kind of fish uh product products i i probably don't feed much and and soil mix wise i definitely mix a more drainy mix i use uh sand uh silica you know because there's silica in it and uh i can tell you that plants definitely cannabis plants definitely eat sand over time the sand will even disappear uh because i guess their roots are breaking it down and maybe you know parts of it are being consumed or whatever but you know it <laughs> it goes away yeah and uh yeah, I like a good drainy mix. I like a mix that has uh, you know, uh, gravel, you know, in it, even <laughs> stuff that the water goes through easily. Um, I think cannabis likes that too. I think a lot of a lot of the uh <clears throat> you know, mixes that are made with a lot of uh organic matter, fox farm and those things, I think plants like that stuff, and those actually do have a great deal of. Uh, fungus kind of stuff going in them. but I think usually uh, they benefit from adding more drainage material given it. So if you get one of these rich uh, mixes of soil uh, with a lot of redwood bark and whatever it's putting in there these days, I think uh, putting in uh, making good drainage and <clears throat> I think that's important uh, for me. I always do that. Uh, and I like to repot plants a lot, too. I think that <clears throat> the more you repot them, the faster they grow.
2: Well, the mycorrhizae is established on the existing roots in there, so it's, it's, they just get inoculated even quicker. And so it's yes. actually effective the second time and the third time, more so than the first time.
1: Yeah. I uh-huh. would say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the only reason why I do, I mean, I've actually done, uh, messed around a little bit with aquaponics in the sense of, um, I mean, even I was growing tropical fish. I was into tropical fish when I was a kid and my grandmother, you know, got me into, we always use the water for, for the plants and things like that. And, uh, you know, so I even, I even set up a DWC, uh, set up. It was around 20 years ago, uh, and when I had a really nice big fish tank with a bunch of big fancy goldfish in there, and I ran the entire uh, DWC. I ran a, a clone all the way from beginning to finish flowering in a three-gallon uh, DWC bucket, and I used nothing but water from the fish tank. It worked fantastic. It worked yeah, wonderfully, it, really well.
2: It, it was does. excellent.
1: Yeah, it, it was does. excellent.
2: It's it's just another level of microbes you're able to add to your plant. And the the microbe expression just helps the terpene expression so well. Yeah,
1: yeah, it grew fantastic. And the only only reason why I've always, and then go back to, if I was commercially growing and I was just growing for, or just growing from my own head, I would absolutely use a method uh, like that. Um, The only reason uh, I don't promote anybody using uh pot containers and soil uh except it's pretty easy it's easy but i don't know if it's easier than aquaponics. it's definitely easier than hydroponics than like chemical hydroponics but some aquaponic methods might be pretty easy too because it's getting pretty organic and a lot of times you know any organic method the idea that organic growing is harder i don't buy that really you know generally (laughs) i think it's easier I think it, you know, uh, hydroponic. Uh, I would tend
2: to agree. A little more work up front, it, but uh, be.
1: well. ignore knowledge, you need to know more to be a good organic gardener.
0: But I mean, yeah, you need know, to know more. But it's a lot of it's. It doesn't go off the rails as fast. Yeah, yeah no, that's exactly. the better way to play. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, um, and 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 you know, so
1: no, I was surprised by how little how easy that was that did. and dwc is is pretty cool but there's a little some limitations because of hard to get enough oxygen into the water um i was able to to do it pretty well but i could see how there could be some problems there with that and uh, what uh, I, I don't know but anyway I, the, the, as far as using fish water for nutrients oh my god you know fantastic uh,
0: no i was just talking I was just talking with an aquaponics guy that works out here in Oklahoma, and they had a patch of um, property that they've been working on, and ten acres of it they sprayed aquaponic nutrients two years ago, um, or no, it was last year. They sprayed it last year, mm-hmm. and it's a hay production field. So, and then they had another hundred acres field, and it's been a, a drought here and everything else in Oklahoma. It's been not not ideal conditions. It's been super hot. So it's been, you know, not, not very good growth conditions. So the hundred acres they got, I think it was 38 bales of hay, which is like really bad for for hundred acres. Right. Um, and then on the 10 acres uh, that they sprayed with the aquaponics, they got 46 bales of hay wow. off just those 10 acres. So they got more production off those 10 acres. They sprayed one time with the fish waste from an aquaponics system uh, than they did from the uh, and that was an application rate of 75 gallons per acre so it's not even like it was crazy you know this is totally realistic for someone to just have a, a, a aquaculture barn and, and produce this so it's you know and, and that's an insane difference in production I mean you'd be looking at you know 370 you know bales of hay if you uh, if you had done that on that 100 acres so yeah no I I
1: like I said, if I was growing for per- personal consumption or a commercial method or whatever, I would, you know the only reason why I still use the containers and the pots is because is because breeding uh, because of being able to fit the plants in to the small space and you know uh, arrange them, you know, when they're still in their containers and everything. It's only that. It's the only reason I still do that uh, uh, Other than that, <clears throat> you know uh, I, I i i would i would so i i highly recommend anyone to grow with fish water <laughs> Dude, in my experience it was it was tops and it was obviously a an organic method in the sense that it was a much less uh complex than balancing uh you know i was watching my friend at the same time my friend from durban an african friend and he was trying to balance uh you know his hydroponic uh methods his chemical hydroponics as hard, you know and i was just putting the fish water in and watching the plant grow you know it's like so easy and uh but I could see also there could be, you know, uh, aquaponics, you know, I since hanging out with you guys and everything, I could see that, for example, getting a lot of food into getting, you know, getting the, the the nutrient level up or whatever, which I don't know with cannabis, maybe it's not all that important. I mean, I've never really been a big feeder. I could see what would be important with some vegetables, you know, growing tomatoes and peppers and stuff.
0: Then you need
1: the, uh, you
0: know, maybe healthy cannabis is going to produce those terpenes and cannabinoids more.
1: Uh, but don't you with like think it'll still produce the 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 terpenes and the can uh, you know the even if it's not? I don't know if it has to be healthy levels, at least. I, don't, I don't. I don't. I'm not suggesting you know like starving the plant or under. I'm just saying. Well, sometimes
0: it's, sometimes that's good. You know, if you're chasing down some of the different cannabinoids, those are very much tied to specific stress hormones
1: probably probably
0: um <laughs> I, I know some of this i just can't say more than that <laughs> yeah, yeah. good okay um, but
1: yeah it, yeah I, I i've noticed that it just it, it plants i've noticed over the years that generally a plant that's not not starved by any stretch of the imagination but you know just maybe fed just Pl- plants always seem to be healthier and happier if they're just fed just that right amount you know what i mean like uh, oreo is a good example it doesn't it doesn't you know doesn't tolerate the over the the extra food very well seems to stress it out and then the leaves get all funky looking at the end and, you know
0: maybe i just look maybe it's oh, yeah and those Wedding cakes and a lot of this newer polyhybrid stuff is super, super hungry. Like really? you gotta feed the shit out of it to keep it to get actually plump up and to keep the color on it. Yeah. So wedding cake, especially, and some of these other ones I've, I've noticed in particular. Huh.
1: Does what do the leaves look like on those? They have sparse uh leaf canopy or well, small leaves. The,
0: the two lines I worked with had two different distinct phenos. One was a more chunkier, purpler, more diverse terpene profile. The other one was um, much more sativa-y in structure, but much more heavy on trichomes all over the plant. So like trikes on the stalks, trikes on the leaves, trikes on, on the calyxes, trikes everywhere. Yeah, those are cool. And a lot of times uh,
1: plants like that, you'll see it on the males as well. See that same kind of structure
0: yeah yeah absolutely it's one of the reasons why i think if you're if you're really hunting out males take a clone flower it out and then run it like another four to six weeks after it's dumped and, and see what it does on the trichomes because that's, that's a, really great give you a really good preview of those trichomes because those are going to uh, you know finish off the same way that a female would and, and you're going to have that same you know it's, it's going to be less concentrated but it's, it's going to give you a really good idea of what that can do totally I, that's a really good suggestion.
1: I've definitely noticed that that males are more than in, advanced in flowering uh, that they get a lot that they get their smells get better. And yeah you do you know it's good to uh, give yourself a you know to, to go in there with a clean palate to smell the males because they're yeah they're less they're, they they smell subtle, you know what I mean sometimes sometimes it can be in your face sometimes they're, they're very strong. But other times you're looking for something that a smell, that's not that strong, you know? So if you come out of the, grow, come out of the female room, you know, and you're full of all that, you know, and you're sticky and everything, (laughs) then you can't smell the males, you know? You have to go clear, clear your palate, go outside or something like that for five minutes, come back in, smell the males.
0: Yeah. When I get sticky, I need to clear my palate. The what? (laughs) so when i get sticky i need often to clean my palate clear that palate
1: that's right dude it's so easy to get you know it's like the room is the room gets so full and you're like squeezing your way around the edges of the room you're like trying to get around this one plant like just smearing across your face
0: have you seen a big difference in like the dominant chemovar profiles the terpene profiles um across from you know the 70s and 80s to to now. That's a really good. I mean, I don't. You know, I mean, just going on.
1: Uh, I think there definitely are things that are that we've lost, and you know, for example, we don't really seem to have the roadkill, the roadkill skunk anymore. Um, and you know, maybe maybe there's some kind of interesting, like spicy kind of things. Uh, uh, you know smells like the the things like that are really hard to to talk about i mean i guess if i knew the names of the the terpenes and exactly what they smelled but a lot of times you know what it's like and you get a complicated it's really hard to describe for example the smell what kind of things are going on with oreo because it's real complex you know there's like something funky they're very you know it's a real that's a classic example of something sweet and nice probably in there but also something really funky and you know kind of yucky like a mixture of those and it can be really hard to you know tease out like what it exactly is you're smelling and and tasting i feel like cherry bomb has a you know it's it's still it's still got whatever it had then and I've noticed a lot of uh, other people old friends that are older people that have that smoked cannabis in the 70s or whatever very often when they try some cherry bomb they're like oh wow you know man this is like 70s weed (laughs) yeah so yeah I mean uh, Mm -hmm. I think they're I mean that's that that is really interesting. I think we've lost that that roadkill skunk. It's really not there. There's still remnants of skunk in a lot of stuff, you know. And uh, but not really, not really the real yeah. gassy roadkill. You know. Um, I don't, you know, I remember, you know, a plant uh some plants I uh, uh that I remember that I had in brooklyn probably in sometime in the late 70s some gas you know some very petroleum plants that smelled you know the diesel um that's i've you know there's remnants of that but it's not quite as you know as kind of poisonous smelling and you know, it's hard to say. I mean, you 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 question yourself. You're you're like, you know, is that just my uh, memory of it? Is that was it you know, maybe I'm just thinking it was that special. But I don't. But I think I think I think those of us can remember are in agreement. For example, that we don't have the roadkill.
0: We don't have the roadkill anymore. really. Or maybe. Well, also like it makes sense on why because that was one of the hardest things to block from a carbon filter right yeah. anything that was crazy stanky <laughs> was a problem because you couldn't grow it stealthily and if you couldn't yeah. keep it you know on the dl like that was not a yeah. good stream to grow like that was a liability Yep.
1: Yeah. I-, I swear they still have west knows things. all about
0: this yeah yeah Unless yeah. your mic is muted or not working or something. Yeah, I got a mute
2: in two places. There I'll you double, go. Double mute there myself. Yes. No. I, I have. Uh, uh, yes. The uh, the smell definitely. Uh, even the worst cops can find it at that at that point. So. Yeah. We we, too, we had a bunch
0: of fun stories about that kind of stuff yesterday on Dat Smoke Show, which is our other show on Wednesdays. Check it out. Yeah. D A T Smoke Show. Yeah, but what about you, Mister Green Jeans? Have you had any uh, fun, fun, or crazy, interesting stories on this crazy uh, industry that is cannabis?
1: Uh, let me see. Uh,
0: uh... We were we were sharing stories yesterday of times we almost got busted.
1: Oh. Mm. Almost times of almost getting. Oh my God! Yeah, I remember uh, in New York City, sometime in the seventies, uh, when I had uh, and the fire department. But I they didn't come upstairs. Uh, they were called, and I was lucky enough to be downstairs with my dogs, walking my dogs outside when they when they rolled up somebody had called them because I had these I had uh, uh, mylar uh, like standing gobos or like st- freestanding panels with mylar and I would move them around I, the, the lights the the hi this was back in the you know I had some of the very first thousand watt um, you know metal halide lights and things like this and and I had two of them. I think I had a, a high-pressure sodium and a metal halide. But then I had these Mylar panels around them that I would just—they were just floor-standing. And when the wind or any movement in the loft, there was a loft building, twelve-foot-high ceilings, two thousand square feet, and uh, the—you know—the the panels would move like this, and it created this uh, on the windows created this like flashing kind of light that I suppose you know, could have looked like flames or something. And somebody must have called the, you know, called the, the the fire department. And luckily I was downstairs with my dogs. They didn't, they didn't come busting into the building and rolling all the way up to the, up to the fourth floor where we lived. And I just thought, and I was like, oh no, those are my, uh, and I actually did have fish at the time too. I, we were, we were breeding a Siamese fighting fish, bettas and, uh, you know, and, and I was like, oh, those are my, those are my fish tanks, you know, I got, you know, I got a whole collection of fish, you know, talking to firemen, took a few, you know, a couple minutes of convincing, they were a little bit concerned, and I was like, yeah, I man, I have the, the silver, and the you know, I th- he told them it was mylar, but I said, you know, I have the reflector things behind the, behind the fish tanks, it always, always looks like that, <laughs> so they, <laughs> they drove away but in those days man it would have been really bad to have been busted in new york city growing cannabis in 1978 or whatever wouldn't have been cool <laughs> so that, that was a you know the, the sacrifices we made you know that's, that's so great these days you know flying below the radar it's been great for the last 15 20 years even 20 years ago It was getting all relaxed and cool
0: but yeah 70s in New York I was paranoid (laughs) it is it is still strange because I I travel around a lot too and it's so weird going to pro like I had to go to Texas on Tuesday and it's so weird to go back to prohibition land and have to like remember like not to say certain things and not to like bring certain things with you and you know all the the silly stuff that comes along with going to prohibition land um yeah it just it kind of is like, you. It's one of those things we only have a certain so many days a year you have to deal with that shit. Yeah, it's like very jarring when you do.
1: <laughs> it's so weird. Just right, you're in you're in Oklahoma, and it's like right over the right there. You know, like
0: right yep. there.
1: You guys are really close to. Is it Dallas you can drive to or no?
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm like Dallas. three hours from Dallas, maybe four. <laughs> yeah. That's well, weird, from huh? here, probably closer to four. Yeah. Very strange.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: No, it's, 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 it's weird. It's, uh, times have, times have really changed. It's um, just strange that on one side of the river, you can get arrested for it, and the other side of the river, it's fine. I like, guess. Yeah. Strange. <laughs> yeah.
1: And Oklahoma is one of the really good states, too, I guess, probably. Huh.
0: Well, they had an interesting take on it. They kind of just let everybody get a license, and yeah, however it shakes out, shakes out. So yeah, put a pause they... on licenses for now. So we'll see how it how it pans out and how long they put a, a hold on licenses. But that could all end up getting overturned in November. So we'll see. Hmm. Was it? What about um New
1: Mexico? Don't they have? Uh, didn't they do?
0: Yeah, they just legalized? Yep. And they so What was interesting is the day before the queen died. Mm-hmm. Um, the bah- Bahamian, um, not Bahamian, Bermuda, Bermuda said that they were not going to legalize because the Queen said not to. I'd be curious to see if Charles is a little more down with weed. Uh, he's a little bit younger, <laughs> twenty years.
1: <laughs> but they've had big commercial commercial operations in England for for decades,
0: haven't GDW they? GW Pharma is based out of. Of, yeah, and they, they were the first people to get a legal import license in the U.S. They're a British company. Oh, huh.
1: yeah. So how does how does that work? I mean, if it's not legal, but those kinds they of bribed work.
0: a lot of senators and politicians. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, that's uh, how that worked. That's some that's some corruption there. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well. I start going down that rabbit hole. I'm gonna start ranting, and yeah, yeah. Get don't heard. get
1: me started.
0: <laughs> yeah, yikes. Yeah. At any rate, um, uh, yeah. can people get seeds from you uh, currently or in the near future? Um, I'm going to
1: be making some. I'm going to be making seeds in the near future. Um, I don't really. I have some that. Uh, I'm sure they're. I, I do, you know, and I, I just recently even, you know, test tested some of them to make sure they're they're viable. So I've got some. I do have some cool seeds. I don't really have. Uh, if somebody, you know, just hit me on Instagram, uh, Mr. Green Jeans Garden, all one word, Mr. Green Jeans Garden. Um, Green Jeans spelled G-E-N-E-S and uh i you know i do and if it if it's something that i think that i found out is only you know 75% uh, germination rate or whatever i'm just going to you know kick a bunch of extra seeds in there but i'm going to be making i'm going to be making a lot of new i'm going to be um, actually you know and i do have uh, some good seeds of some of these the recent those are only about a year old and they've been refrigerated. So, the some of the cool uh, indica, like this Koji's
0: Kush and stuff like that, that's some good stuff. And it's also, fast, got a fast green fast jeans stuff. garden uh, at Gmail as well. Yes. Yeah. To get yeah. his latest list. Yeah. Yeah. That's me. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, so- i've run a bunch of his genetics and he's done a bunch of yep. back crossing with a bunch of my stuff and uh, yeah i'm good friends over the years uh since he's been on the show so
1: oh we're just getting go. we're just getting going with this genetic stuff we're only we're only scratching the tip of the iceberg i t- i'm gonna do some you know talking about i don't want to go off again but um know sometimes you've got to consider for a long time before you make that first cross that first cross can mean a lot you know you don't have so we didn't have a male we don't have a male blue hash uh, and just have that one but i really think that uh you know i know now i know what to do with it sorry what yeah
0: i have some seeds from the original batch still Oh, well, I gave you, I think. And then I, I have amazing. a bunch of your blue hash from the different lines that you kicked me. Uh, oh, with.
1: the ones that I've already crossed with. Uh, yeah, I know. And both. Yeah. Yes. Yep.
0: Okay. I'll kick I'll kick some of that back to you, too, uh, in the next it's round it. of goodies. Perfect.
1: Perfect.
0: Cool. Okay. Well, so. thanks for coming on, man. I really appreciate you. it. Uh, you. How, yeah. how do people, uh, any other ways that people can find you?
1: uh yeah that's pretty much that's pretty much it the 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 the, the 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 gmail account and uh the instagram um shoot i should have had a thing that i could say sorry <laughs> but um but i'm, I'm going to be making uh i'll be making a lot more seeds soon and i'll get on the show i'll be more i, I won't be so uh so difficult to find i promise
0: it's fine. Life yeah. happens sometimes. That's all. I know. I know. And,
1: uh, yeah, we are going to hang out, hang out some more and, uh, I'll send you some more pictures. I'm going to, I, I, I was going to take some today. I've, I haven't even picked either one of those, uh, the, uh, Jamaican, uh, the Blue Mountain X Orange Hill. Nice. Send you a picture of those. Those smell, one of them smells really nice. Like I said, dangerous. I don't know what that smell is,
0: but it's dangerous. Right. Well, I'll, <laughs> I'll make sure, uh get you another round of stuff here soon uh, to to play with as well. What about you, Wes? How do people find you?
2: Uh, You can find me on Instagram and uh, Wednesday nights over on That Smoke Show, D-A-T Smoke Show, and uh, here, of course. Um, And Where's the best place for people to get a hold of you, Potent?
0: You can find me on Wednesdays at Dat Smoke Show. Um, We're live at uh, 7 o'clock Pacific Usually around 7 15. We're, we're often late. Don't worry <laughs> if we're not on time. Uh, and then you can also find me at thepestclass.com if you're looking for aquaponic living or living soil pest control courses. Um, we have a, a ton of info. But we're always adding new pictures. Um, you know, I work with a bunch of different people around the world. So uh, we're always adding new content to that. And also the uh, apmjclass.com for aquaponic cannabis course, where we have a whole bunch of uh, awesome. Uh, um information for, uh, over seven days worth of content uh, we've had a bunch of uh, really awesome reviews lately from a bunch of cool people so definitely check that out we put a lot of time into that and uh yeah um we will be back again we have next week i believe jordan Rivers is going to be our guest on thursdays uh thursday and then uh, i'm probably going to be off for a week after that just getting settled i'm going to be traveling for two straight days i'm probably sleeping for one so we might be off uh, the week after that. Um, and then we'll be back again, uh, the week after. So, but we will be have a normal time when I'm in Thailand, um, we'll be, you know, regularly scheduled programming in terms of, uh, uh, starting times for this show. So don't, uh, don't fret. So, alrighty. Uh, thanks everybody for watching. Um, I know we, uh, had a little bit of a late start there, but it's okay. Um, and thanks again, uh, Mr. Green Jeans for joining us. I know it's Thank been a, a fun ride the last couple of years and uh, we're happy to yeah. have you back. Oops, did I just, did I just, whoop? okay, yeah. Yeah. all right,
1: cool. We're still alive. Uh, thanks a lot, Steve. Thanks. <laughs> thanks, to you, Wes, Wes, Wesingen. Good hanging out with you guys.
0: Well, thanks everybody. You can find us on SoundCloud, YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, all the things.